operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. All right, welcome back to the Comic Book Revolution podcast. As always, I am your host, Rock. By my side, my platonic life partner, Steven. How you doing, my friend? I am doing well, man. How are you? Not too bad, Steven. Not too bad. I am really excited for this particular episode. We've been yeah. <laughs> chatting about this before the movie came out, and we've discussed a little bit before this episode, and so I'm really excited to dive into Mortal Kombat. But before we get to that, <laughs> before we get to that, let's get the boilerplate language out of the way first. Steven, as always, you can check us out, the Comic Book Podcast. You can download and listen to us on any services out there, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Amazon. Please make sure to rate and review with five stars because it does help people find the podcast, and we love hearing from all of our followers. You can, of course, find all of our reviews over on thecompbookrevolution.com. That's comicbookrevolution.com. And as a matter of fact, Stephen, as always, Kevin, our man, he is such a impeccable timing because about a half hour before we started recording this podcast even he mm -hmm. unleashed a review for action comics 10 30 part of the new infinite frontier direction which i have been largely a fan of mm -hmm. and kevin gave this newest issue of action comics a seven night girls out of 10 overall rating steven so He's been wow. generally favorable for this new direction. There are, of course, exceptions, even though I like the Infinite Frontier idea in general, and I think a lot of titles have been really good. I've been really, really happy. Again, I just think DC is, even though they've not caught Marvel in the sales charts, I do think they're making better comics at this moment than Marvel is. My Just my personal opinion, I really like what they're mm -hmm. doing with Infinite Frontier. But there's always that one or two title. It's always that one or two title, Stephen. That's just mm -hmm. the stinker. You know what I mean? No matter what, right? <laughs> and for Infinite Frontier, at least according to our man Kevin, it appears, because another review he posted this week, Stephen, mm -hmm. Teen Titans Academy number two by Tim yeah. Sheridan. Stephen, ooh, the story got two Nichols out of ten. It's no bueno. It's all bad. Oh, it's not good. It's not good, oh, Stephen. that's not good. <laughs> well, there's always going to be one. You can't have a can't right. hit it out of the park every time. Right, right. And then, of course, yeah. the other review for this week, Kevin posted as Black Widow number six. He liked mm -hmm. it. He gave it eight Nichols out of ten. I can tell you, Stephen, that any comic written by Kelly Thompson is not getting eight Nichols out of ten from me. But that's where Kevin <laughs> and I differ. <laughs> All right. Well, in addition to CompuRevolution.com's website, you could also check out our Facebook page. You can follow The Revolution on Twitter at CBRevolution. Steven, you can also now follow The Comic Book Revolution's manga Twitter account. What? At, yes, <laughs> at The Manga Podcast. Oh, and why is it called that? Because indeed, Kevin and I have launched a new Comic Book Revolution-affiliated podcast called The Manga Revolution, where all we talk about is that, mm, that sweet, delicious goodness from Japan. <laughs> yes, my favorite stuff to read these days. That podcast, of course, is available on all podcast services. 
just like this one, and please go check us out and follow us. You can follow me on Twitter, at Rock with two Ks, Revolution, and on Instagram, at Rock with two Ks, Revolution, and you, Steven. And you can follow me on Twitter, at President Glover. Fantastic. All right, my friend, tell me, before we dive into Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. all right, we took a week off. Steven, you know, Steven, he likes to travel. So this is how Steven works. Okay, Stephen has his own pilot on retainer at a small private airport that's actually not in the main city of Norfolk. No, it's actually out in the county, and he just drives himself over there, or maybe he takes a car. That's how that's how Stephen rolls. Gets in his jet, and he likes to go to fine, fine places, whether it's Vail yes. for some skiing. Maybe mm-hmm. he goes to Paris. Not now because yeah. of the pandemic. He can't go to Paris. He can't go to Quebec either, so I don't know what Steven's doing for the fine French food that he likes. It's sad, yeah, but it's been he, he did he did go to New Orleans <laughs> though for a little bit of Cajun French food there. That's how he got mm-hmm. his fix. So, a traveling man, Stephen. That's why we had the last week off, but he's back, Stephen. How mm-hmm. is this week? This boring week. I'm sure you've not been able to go to any beautiful exotic locales on your private jet. How has this week been for you? It's been uh, it's been okay, you know, just. Uh... Waiting for the weekend, as usual, at work. <laughs> that's a that's a leave the current job, so it's made the wait even longer. But oh, I know. It's so, boy, it's so it's, good when you're heading out of a job to a one that you're excited about, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> so it'll all be worth it. <laughs> mm, boy. And so what have you been watching lately that you want to recommend to our listeners? Give me something, anything streaming, any comic, any book, any anything. What have you been digging on this week that you think is worth checking or maybe something you saw that is you want to tell people to avoid (laughs) (laughs) um well i i sat down and i watched all of the falcon and the winter soldier together did you watch it all in one sitting we my roommate and i we broke it up into two days so we watched three episodes the first day and three episodes the second day good enough um because i'd heard that it it works more like a movie than a tv show so i wanted to test that out yeah um and we did that. Um, I'm also I'm also watching this the series uh, Lock and Key on Netflix. Oh yeah, uh huh. That's based on the, the uh, series. Uh, yeah, yeah, comic book. Yeah, it's um, I like it a lot. It's not as um, it's not as like dark as the the comic book. So oh. it feels more like like a fantasy. It's kind of like Lost in Space. Oh, the, okay. The, the series on Netflix. Yeah, I really like it. It's a it's a good time. Well, okay. Yeah. All right, good mm-hmm. enough. Well, I, honestly, Stephen, I haven't watched much. I've watched the NFL mm-hmm. draft because I have a problem. Yeah. I have a problem. I love college sports, so I know all these players, and and I have to I I, I have to see where my beloved Miami Hurricanes are going to get drafted mm-hmm. to play football in the NFL. <laughs> so, and I I, I I watch it's 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 a it's I have a problem, Stephen. I will watch. I'll even watch all the way down to like the fifth, sixth, and <laughs> seventh round. Like that's not normal. No human should do that. It's just, yeah. it's just not normal. It's not. <laughs> so I've, I've done, that's taken up most of my time, Stephen, honestly. Yeah. I did finish the, the last episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we will, mm-hmm. of course, uh, that'll be the next episode we do, will be a deep dive into the Falcon and Winter Soldier mm-hmm. TV show. Stephen and I kind of know where we stand on this one, but we'll go, we'll go into detail in the next episode on that. Mm-hmm. That was fine. I do think that people should look. If you already have Disney Plus, 
Yeah. Go ahead and watch it, obviously. If you don't have Disney+, Plus, this is not something I would say you need to sign up to the streaming service to get. If you're wondering, if you're like one of these people that maybe you don't have kids and you're not really big into the you know Pixar or Disney animated movies, yeah. if you're thinking about getting it for this TV show, I don't think it's worth getting it just for that show. Yeah. That's that's how I look at it. Whereas I might have recommended hopping on, you know, getting it for a, a month to watch uh, Scarlet Witch and, you know, Scarlet Witch and Vision's streaming so- yeah. show. I, I might have recommended it for that. We'll see. Fair enough. Yeah. We'll see. But that's that's really all I've been able to watch this, Stephen. That is it. It's terrible, isn't it? This NFL draft has taken up, it's taken <laughs> up my life. <laughs> well, how many of y'all got so far? Anybody? Anybody big? Or for uh, my for my beloved Miami Hurricanes? Mm-hmm. We had four players drafted. Okay. Yes, we had the highest. The, the, our player that went the highest was Jalen Phillips, yeah. who went, I believe, eighteen to the Miami Dolphins. So he's staying. Hey, he's staying oh. in the three hundred five, which I I greatly appreciate. I love when my beloved Miami Hurricanes get to go play for the Miami Dolphins. It just feels right, Stephen. Yeah. It just feels right. <laughs> <laughs> all right my friend this is not an yeah. nfl draft show <laughs> i know i just i've had i've had to pay attention to because of the news of my team yes aaron Rodgers guys. says he wants o u t out <laughs> breaks I, my heart <laughs> i have a feeling Stephen, you're going to end up seeing a ron play in denver that is my bet he goes really? to denver that's my bet I think they are ready. They are ready for a quarterback. They didn't draft a quarterback in the first round at the number nine pick when they could have either gotten Mac Jones or Justin Fields. To me, mm-hmm. I just think Denver makes the most sense based on the fact they didn't draft one and that they have a good team all around. Yeah. Other than quarterback. But they just need a quarterback. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. of all the teams that need a quarterback. And that one seems like he, he's not going to want to go play somewhere where he has no chance of making the playoffs and making a run of the Super Bowl. That's just not going to appeal right. to him. He'll he'll just retire and go be the host of Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, all right. Enough. Enough. I got to move on past the NFL, Stephen. I could spend too much time on this. Okay. Let's get to the topic at hand, shall we, my friend? Mortal Kombat. That's right. The Mortal Kombat movie finally came out. Steven, this movie, like the Godzilla vs. Kong movie, came out the same time on the HBO Max streaming service as it did in the movie theater. So you can watch it for free if you get HBO Max or you can go to the movie theater. Which did you do? Did you see it on the streaming service? I know you saw Godzilla vs. Kong in the movie theater. What did you do for Mortal Kombat? I watched it on HBO Max. Oh, you decided HBO. You said this one was not worth the the movie theater experience, (laughs) huh? Was that your call? Um, I thought about going, but at the last minute I changed my mind. I was like, well, let's see. Let's see if I can save the money. Gotcha. If, it's, if it's, if it's really good, then I'll go see it in the theater, you know, another time, but fair enough. Yeah. I did the same. I watched it on the HBO max as well. Mm-hmm. And so we have to keep that in mind when we start talking about this movie later in the, the podcast, when we start talking about the box office success or whether there'll be possibly a sequel. We got to keep in mind that, it's 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 hard to compare these movies that roll out on HBO Max for free with movies prior to the pandemic. Right, it's, of course. It's, it's very hard. Before we dive into the backstory of Mortal Kombat, because what I'd like to do, Stephen, I'd like to just give a brief overview of the Mortal Kombat franchise, its roots in mm-hmm. video games, 
and then its prior movies before we roll into this most current movie. But before we get into all of that, Stephen, did you grow up a fan of Mortal Kombat, or is this a franchise that, you know, I know you like video games, but is this a franchise mm-hmm. that you never really had much attachment to, and therefore, you know, this movie was kind of a, eh, you know, I'm sort of excited, but, you know, whatever. I'm big into fighting games. Um, I've played most of the big ones, you know, like Smash Brothers, Soul Calibur, mm-hmm. King of Fighters even, I've played those. Yep. But, like, my big three, like, the three best ones I've to me are Street Fighter, yes. Tekken, and Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah. And I've always loved them. I've, uh, I've played, you know, as many as I could, but I can get my hands on. Whenever I'd go to an arcade, I'd always go to one of those three if they had them. Yep. And I'd usually lose because I'm, <laughs> a, I'm not the greatest at the, ar- like at the arcade controls, but right. you know, I would have fun. I really love those three games. They're all different, of course. They've always just been the ones that were fun, the most fun to play. Mortal Kombat, especially, I've I've followed more closely after the the reboot that they did because, you know, I played it just thinking I was going to get a you know fun you know kind of fighting game, but I was actually really right. impressed with the story yep. and what they decided to change and whatnot. So I've been I've been pretty pretty big on it since then. Yeah, as far as my excitement level for the movie, I mean, I love the the '95 one. Uh, it's yes. it's not it's not a great movie we all know we as we all know but it's <laughs> it's uh it's a it's a hell of a lot of fun i was cautiously optimistic about this one coming out mm-hmm. i was like maybe just maybe they could get it right <laughs> Yeah. Just, just maybe. Well, more on, more just on that maybe. later, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, Stephen, I grew up a, a massive fan of Mortal Kombat. I'm a huge fighting game fan. That is my, I guess, sports and fighting games are my two favorite genres for video games. Yeah. By far and away, it's not even close. So I, mm-hmm. I just was crazy for Mortal Kombat as a kid. It was huge. I mean, I was at the right age, too, for Mortal Kombat. Like, I was at that Mm -hmm. target teenage age when Mortal Kombat first broke onto the scene. And so I I was was who they were coming after, right? So (laughs) for me, you know, I grew up with it as a teen. It was huge. I remember going to the arcades. You know, you're talking in the early 90s, around 92. The arcades were still pretty, pretty big business in Mm -hmm. the early 90s, Stephen. I know... Probably when you were going to arcades, they weren't quite as lively as when I was going to the arcades. They were just massive. I mean, everybody (laughs) you knew was at the arcade. Not even close. I don't think anybody can comprehend. They were just massively popular. And Mortal Kombat was the one game you just, you man, you couldn't wait to plunk your, boop, put your token down on on the bottom right-hand corner of the screen to indicate I'm next. (laughs) That's right. <laughs> uh, so I I love the series. It is one of my favorite video game franchises of all time, of any genre. Mm. And I think in the fighting genre, I am like you. The only other franchise in the fighting genre that for me that come close to Mortal Kombat is Street Fighter, which I think is probably mm-hmm. still, you know, that's the OG. That's that's you can't beat Street yeah. Fighter, right? And Tekken. <laughs> so for, for me, the, the, these three are, are, are near and dear to my heart. Obviously, when the movie came out in 95, again, I was the target age. I was the target mm-hmm. demographic. This movie was made for me, and I loved every second of that movie. So 
I'm coming from a place of love, and I was extremely excited for this new Mortal Kombat movie. We've been waiting a long time for one. I was really excited for it. I had high, high hopes. I thought maybe the modern, with all the modern technology we have with special effects, I figured we should be in store for a really, really cool movie. More on that later. Before we hop into it, right. Steve, and now that we've, we, everyone knows where you and I are coming from mm-hmm. for this franchise, this is a franchise that both you and I do love. So we respect it greatly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mortal Kombat, it's interesting, Steven. Mortal Kombat, you know, it's so steeped in mm-hmm. kind of like an Asian fantasy world. You'd almost think, mm-hmm. and you'd almost think, hey, this thing came from Japan. Nope. Yeah. It's American. <laughs> It's American. Yeah. <laughs> it was created by Chicago-based Midway Games, which was a major player in the arcade game industry mm-hmm. back in the day. They released Mortal Kombat for arcades only. Now, this is before home consoles. This is when, you know, when people made arcade games. So it right. came out for arcades only in 1992. Ed Boone and John Tobias are the two guys who created the game for Midway. Mm-hmm. And originally... Boone and Tobias had the idea of making a video game starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. That was what they wanted to do. That, unfortunately, <laughs> that didn't happen. That yeah. idea fell through, so they kind of pivoted and created a fantasy-themed fighting game instead. However, Steven, you know Jean-Claude Van Damme still sneaks into the Mortal Kombat, right? Because yeah. there is one character in Mortal Kombat who is an obvious homage to 1980s action star Jean-Claude Van Damme, and that would be Johnny Cage. Not only do they share (laughs) similar style in looks, Mm -hmm. they also have the same initials. So chef's kiss to Boone and Tobias for that. Anyhow, what was neat about Mortal Kombat when it first came out, and I remember this is what blew my mind, Steven, at the Mm -hmm. time when it first came out in 92. It was so unique because it had Digital characters drawn from real actors. Yeah. That was different and really cool, too. It also had numerous secrets mm-hmm. in the game. That was neat and unusual for the time as well. And it had a fatality system of finishing maneuvers where, where each player's uh, 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 character kills their opponent. That also, Steven, very unique as well. And this is what really differentiated Mortal Kombat from all the other fighting games that were currently on the market. This was really revolutionary. I remember at the time, and I do, this was legit revolutionary. Like, we were mm-hmm. all like, this is incredible. It's very, I know we all, people take it for granted now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but back in the day, this was, that was a big deal. That was a really big deal. What's interesting is, of course, because of this, the fatality system that they had, Mortal Kombat earned Quite a notorious reputation, Stephen, in the early 90s mm-hmm. for its gratuitous violence. And this, this got it in trouble, by the way, Stephen. This got it in trouble back in the day as well. And it really came to a head later in the 90s when after we got the arcade games, and we got several arcade games in 92, 93, 94, uh, through 95. But in September 13, 1996, we got the first home version of Mortal Kombat. That was massive. I, Steven, I remember standing in line. <laughs> I was standing in line to get my grubby paws on that game. I was so pumped. The idea that I could play this at my house. Yes. 
what's great was that day. I remember it. I, that was called Mortal Monday. That was the that was the name. That was the name that they were doing all the promotions. Come to Mortal Monday to GameStop and get your you know, EB Games or wherever you went in your local area, right? Mm-hmm. So the advertising, <laughs> that kind of advertising, along with the gratuitous violence that the game had already garnered quite a, yeah. quite a notorious impression among people. The politicians at the time, wow, they went after Mortal Kombat with pitchforks and torches, Steven. They really did. That was like, mm-hmm. I guess, how they they went after, who was it? They went after Ozzy Osbourne back in the 70s or you know early 80s, right? I mean, they, they, they went after this. Like, it was ruining the youth that my generation were all going to become mass murderers because right. of Mortal Kombat. It, it's... it's it's, it never ceases to amaze, Stephen, how it, we're stuck in this endless cycle, and we see it to this very day with that. Mm-hmm. Just recently, it cropped up again with regard yeah. to uh, you know, Grand Theft Auto. It, 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 it never goes away, does it? It never goes away. Nope. Never does. You can always count on the politicians <laughs> to come after your video games. So, <laughs> uh. at any rate, the Mortal Kombat franchise eventually does, you know, in the 90s, it manages to achieve the same iconic status as of Street Fighter, and it had mm-hmm. numerous sequels for video games, movies. It even had a TV series. I don't know if you That's ever right. watched that. And yeah. <laughs> and merchandising out the yin-yang. I mean, so much merchandising. Currently, Mortal Kombat ranks as the number 42 video game franchise of all time with 54 million units sold. The only other fighting game franchises that rank above Mortal Kombat, Stephen, mm-hmm. would be Super Smash Bros. with 63 million units, mm-hmm. Dragon Ball with 58 million units, and then you've got Mortal Kombat in third place, just a little bit behind Dragon Ball with 54 million units, and then a little bit behind Mortal Kombat to round out the top four is mm-hmm. Tekken. With 51 million units. So, there you go. It's interesting. I remember all these games vividly, Stephen. The arcade machines, the original ones, you had Mortal Kombat in 1992. You had Mortal Kombat Mm -hmm. 2 in 1993. Mortal Kombat 3 in 1995. Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 in 1995 as well. And then Mortal Kombat 4 in 1997. And Stephen, by then, arcades were pretty much done. And on fumes and basically maybe got morphed into Dave and Buster's along with a whole bunch of other type of entertainment. You know what I mean? Like they were no longer any arcade arcades. Right. And so that was the last arcade system we've received. That was the 97 Mortal Kombat four. The first home game console was Mortal Kombat trilogy. Remember that game vividly, Steven. Oh my God. And came out in 1996 for the PS one. That's what I had. And the N64, I had that too, but I opted for the PS1 because it looks better than the N64 version. Right. So there have been, in total, Stephen, in total, Mm -hmm. 17 Mortal Kombat games for home consoles and handheld systems. Right. So that's, that's quite impressive, Stephen. Yeah, that's a lot. That is, that is very (laughs) impressive. And as far as video game franchises go, this is the cream of the crop, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, definitely. Indeed. So the fictional universe that they created, that Boone and Tobias created, is, I like it, and this is what 
to me, makes Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. one of the best fighting games. And, and you alluded to it and why you like it so much as well is, unlike some fighting games, which are pretty thin yeah. <laughs> on story, <laughs> right, and building out a world, Mortal Kombat's yeah. not. I think they do a great job in building out a really cool world and story for their mm-hmm. fighting games. Uh, w- one of the best. In my humble opinion, one of the best of all the yeah. fighting games, I think. It, I find it fascinating. I think it is so such an interesting universe that you could have comic books, movies, TV shows, all about mm-hmm. this universe. It is that fascinating to me. It's a fictional universe, Stephen, that consists of 18 realms, which mm-hmm. were created by the Elder Gods. And they're all kind of locked in combat with each other, right? Each realm kind yeah. of wants to take over the other realm. They're not very friendly. Right. We know of six of the realms very well from the video games that we've been to. Mm-hmm. The six major realms. We have the Earth realm. That is us. Mm-hmm. That's us on Earth. It's home to heroes like Liu Kang, Kung Lao, Sonya Blade, Johnny Cage, Jax Briggs. And it's also under the protection of the Thunder God, Lord Raiden. Mm-hmm. We have the Nether realm, which is another big realm. It's the fiery depths of which all horrible, evil demons and, you know, evil warriors come from, like Quan Chi and Noab Saibot. Mm -hmm. And then you have Outworld. That is probably, along with Earthwhelm, the two biggest of the two realms. Mm -hmm. And Outworld is kind of like... Kind of like Apocalypse. It's it's just, it's a horrible place, yeah. <laughs> right? It kind of reminds me of Apocalypse in DC Comics. Yeah. Where Emperor Shao Kahn rules with an iron fist. Mm-hmm. You've got Sado, the realm of order, whose inhabitants prize structure and order above all else. You have mm-hmm. the realm of chaos, where there are no rules, and it's constant turmoil. <laughs> and then you've got Edenia, which is known for its beauty and artistic expression and, and the long lives of, of its people. And, mm-hmm. and uh, the Elder God says, interesting, this is, this is the key. This right here is what makes the franchise tick for all the fighting games. The Elder Gods, for this interesting universe, have decreed that the inhabitants of one realm could only conquer another realm mm-hmm. by defeating the defending realm's greatest warriors in 10 consecutive mortal combat tournaments. So if Outworld wants to attack Earthrealm, it has to mm-hmm. beat Earthrealm in 10 consecutive mortal combat tournaments. Mm-hmm. Boom. Steven, that is a wonderful backstory. That's a wonderful world with lots of possibility mm-hmm. for stories. It's a cool gimmick. It's a cool structure to that universe. I think it's brilliant. It's always spoken to you, hasn't it? Yes, definitely. It's like the like when you say it like that, it's it seems very simple, but there's a lot that you can build off of with yes. that. Yes. And and they definitely have. This is not their writing team is not like, you know, just like, okay, we wrote two pages <laughs> and we're just gonna go with that. Right. Like they really they really go for it. Indeed. Indeed. And, and I, I admire them for that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Right, <laughs> and Steven, I envy them because it must be fun to write stuff for Mortal oh, Kombat. <laughs> absolutely. I would love to. That'd be a blast. So 
The video games are a massive success. What happens when video games are a massive success, Stephen? We get movies, and we did. That's right. People who didn't live through the <laughs> '90s first, shame on you because the '90s are better than any damn decade that's come after the '90s. I can tell you that right now with authority. Yeah. I've lived through them all. Uh, <laughs> um, but in the '90s, especially the mid '90s, Mortal Kombat Mania was. I, I can't explain to people how off the charts it was. It was everywhere. You saw people wearing t-shirts everywhere. It was huge. So they released the Mortal Kombat movie in August of 18, 1995. Mm-hmm. And it's directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Steven's uh, favorite. Steven's favorite, favorite director. Yep. <laughs> Paul, Paul Worthless Shit Anderson. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Mortal Kombat, when it debuted, it was number one at the box office for the weekend with $23.2 million. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but trust me, people, back in 1995, at that time, that was the second highest August opening second only to 1993's The Fugitive. So this was a massive box office, I mean, just massive box office opening. Yep. The film went on to be number one for three weeks in a row. It grossed $73 million in the domestic box office, and it earned another $51.7 million overseas for a combined worldwide box office of 120, almost $125 million. And again, for 1995, this was huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the studios pumped. They're like, crank out the merchandise. Let's start filming the second movie. We're going forward on this. They were crazy mm-hmm. for it. Now, the critics, not so much. Rotten Tomatoes rating for this movie is a 44% rotten rating. <laughs> not very good. The Metacritic rating is 60 out of 100. Also not very good. But, but Steven... Let's let's mm-hmm. pump the brakes here because ever since that time in the in 1995 when it was released, as time has passed, this movie has gained stature and mm-hmm. status among critics, like mm-hmm. a lot. Many critics nowadays feel like this is actually one of the best video game adaptions of all time because Mm -hmm. of how much respect it had towards the source material and how well-crafted the action scenes were for the time, of course, and and for how iconic the roles of the actors were as well. And now, Stephen, this day and age, you know, Mortal Kombat, this 1995 movie, is now considered a cult classic. And it gets praised from a lot of different critics. Some of the things that gets praised is, I know that Matrix is always given the the credit as being the first Hollywood movie to employ what they call wire foo from from China, where they use Mm -hmm. the... the, It's it's from Hong Kong cinema. Yeah. Where where they employ the the heavy wiring systems to do the amazing action scenes, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's interesting. Paul, your guy, Paul W.S. Anderson... Stated okay. <laughs> in an interview that if you look back at Mortal Kombat, it was the first movie to do those big Chinese wire gags mm-hmm. in a Western film. Yeah. And, and and he's right. The Now, no doubt, The Matrix took it to a whole new level. I, oh, sure. We all agree. Yeah. Of course it did. And, and, but that was several years later. But the fact is, Mortal Kombat was, at the time, Stephen, 
very mm-hmm. it was very cutting edge. And these fight sequences do get critically praised for this amazing being this Western movie to to really be the first one to bring over these really cool Hong Kong mm-hmm. influences. And because of that, mm-hmm. I kind of look at the Rotten Tomatoes rating, the Metacritic rating, and I don't give it much weight. Maybe at the time yeah. in 1995, mm-hmm. as it was happening, the critics didn't like it. But I don't think you can judge a movie solely on the second it's released. Yeah, I think sometimes movies can go down as time passes. Forrest Gump, I'm looking at you. And movies can go up as time passes, right? And I think yeah. Mortal Kombat, the 1995 movie, is absolutely one that has aged like a fine wine. It's great to see it getting the respect that it, it quite frankly, deserves. Yeah, yeah. The that that movie is one of those weird ones. You know, it's it's smack dab in the middle of the, um, I guess, the indie revolution in movies. Yes, like Tarantino. Yep. and people like that. And if if it had come out in the eighties, you know, we would all there would have been no question that it was amazing, and we all loved it. Agreed. Yes. And blah blah blah. Yes. But um, and I make fun of Paul W S Anderson because <laughs> well, he hasn't made a movie as good as this since <laughs> Mortal Kombat. True. But, um, you know, he, he does deserve a lot of credit because I think the, um, like you said, the action scenes are yep. great. Yep. It's got, um, it does have a lot of respect for yes. the source material, which mm-hmm. at the time there was, there was only two games, right? It was just That's right. one and two. That's right. Yeah. Um, and for, especially for a video game, I mean, most studios still don't take them seriously now. Oh, right. So it's great to see the, the actors, you know, as, as as hammy as it could have as it was, you know, they yeah. were into it. Oh, the, the cast was excellent. Yeah, and it was it's just a great time. You know, it doesn't have to be Shakespeare. I agree. That's, and that's Mortal Kombat. Like it's a it's a great time, and you watch it, and you're like that was really cool. <laughs> totally agree. I think that the three actors that really, for me, make the characters iconic. I think mm-hmm. Robin show as Liu Kang yeah. was phenomenal and really made that character iconic, I think. Mm-hmm. And I then agree. even better than Robin show, as much as I love him, I think Carrie hero. I'm going to kill his name. I'm sorry. I apologize. Carrie <laughs> Hiroyuki Tagawa as Shang Tsung was mm-hmm. phenomenal. And this is a guy who has gotten more and more praise for that role as time has passed as well. Mm-hmm. He was iconic. He was yes. amazing. Amazing. And then, of course, the one that everybody praises, possibly even more than Tagawa, is Christopher yeah. Lambert as Lord Raiden. You can't get any more iconic than that, Stephen. Nope. He was amazing. I mean, and yes. I think it's universally agreed. <laughs> amazing. Definitely. Both of them, um, uh, Tagawa and Christopher Lambert, they were so iconic that in... Mortal Kombat 11, I know Tagawa was, he came back as the main version of Shang Tsung. Yep. And then Ed Boon decided, uh, I don't know how he came to this decision, but I love him for it. He had Christopher Lambert come in, re record all of Raiden's like pre fight lines. Yes. And then had a Christopher Lambert skin that you could have. Oh, that's, yes. that's so cool. Yes. Amen it's to that, as you see it and you're like, we do not deserve this game. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, God, I know. I know. So, of course, Mortal Kombat, massive success. That means we're getting that mm-hmm. sequel as soon as possible, right? And we did get it as soon as possible, Stephen. They cranked it out in short order. Mortal Kombat Annihilation was released on November 21, 1997, directed by John Leonetti. 
And this is where the wheels fell off the franchise really fast, even. Mm-hmm. And the opening weekend take for this movie was $16 million, which was not great. It yeah. grossed $35 million domestically and made over $51 million worldwide. That was a bad worldwide box office, Stephen. That was bad. Mm-hmm. It led to the canceling of a third movie that was already planned, Stephen. This was supposed to be a trilogy. And that third mm-hmm. movie got canceled because this thing tanked in the theaters so much. Rotten Tomatoes, Stephen, it's a 2% rotten rating. 2%. That's dose. Okay? Mm. Two. Metacritic rating, 11 out of 100. Yeah, that's right. And uh, unlike the 95 Mortal Kombat movie, this one did not suddenly get love as the years passed. (laughs) Okay, so it did not become a cult classic or get any appreciation as it aged. It just continues to get dumped on because it's a bad, it's a bad, bad movie. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. (laughs) In fact, in separate 2012 interviews, Ed Boon and John Tobias selected Mortal Kombat Annihilation as their personal worst moments in the history of their work on the franchise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This was a whole lot of bad. So this this killed off our movie series. I was so sad. I hated that movie. It sucked. Mm-hmm. I saw the movie theaters. It totally sucked. And then I was bummed that now we weren't going to get a third movie. And the franchise was toast as far as the movies go. Mm-hmm. Well, Stephen, through the years we've gotten you know a bandied about an idea of of, of this movie franchise coming back. Mm-hmm. It's finally happening. Yeah, it took a yes. long time to get here. Over twenty years. But it finally came here. This movie, this newest movie, Mortal Kombat, directed by Simon McQuaid, screenplay by Greg Russo and Dave Callahan, story by Greg Russo and Oren Uziel, with a budget of $55 million, which, Stephen, is a small budget. That's a small budget for a movie that has to employ a lot of special effects to pull off the characters and the settings mm-hmm. and the moves and the powers. Steven, yep. when I first saw that budget, mm-hmm. that was a red flag for me. That to me, and I, I could have been completely wrong at the time, but now I've seen the movie, I'm not. To me at the time <laughs> when I saw that, Steven, that was a red flag saying Warner Brothers does not feel confident about this franchise. Mm-hmm. They don't feel confident about this franchise. And with that small of a budget, I yeah. don't know how you do this movie properly with a budget that small. That yeah. will be a real challenge for the director. Mm-hmm. At this moment, Stephen, the worldwide box office stands at $57 million. That's mm-hmm. not bad, actually, given the fact that it's uh, we're in a pandemic. And yeah. <laughs> yes, by the way, people, we are still in a pandemic. The uh, The number mm-hmm. of COVID cases worldwide is has gone up drastically as mm-hmm. of this, like drastically as of this week. We're peaking back up to where yeah. we were in the beginning of the year because nobody outside of the UK and Israel and the US has really been vaccinated by any real numbers. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, India is probably the main driver, but yes. you hear those stories like, oh my God, yes. it's, it's crazy. And South America, mm-hmm. it's not good. That's right. Well, that's going to hurt your worldwide box office. Obviously, the pandemic is not done. Right. It is not done. Mm-hmm. It's going to drive that box office results down, down, down. So, mm-hmm. and even in the US or the UK, 
the box office mm-hmm. is still not good, people. Because a lot of people just right. aren't still aren't vaccinated and still aren't going places. And by the way, it's mm-hmm. being offered for free on HBO Max if you have that service. <laughs> so, you know, Stephen, I think That's 57 true. million for the opening box office worldwide is pretty good, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got to be pretty happy with that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't know if it's good enough, Stephen, for us to get a sequel. I don't, we'll have to see. We'll see how it plays out over the next couple of weeks. We're going to dive into our general overall review of the movie, spoiler free. Right. And then we're going to give our spoiler alert and we're going to really get into the details, just like we did for our Godzilla versus Kong movie. So, everybody out there who just wants a little bit of the non spoiler talk, you're good. Keep listening. We'll let you know when right. we get to the spoilers. Mm hmm. Steven, we got to start with the cast. Because for me, I think this is where the movie already starts to get weak legs. <laughs> okay. The cast consists of, and it's interesting, not just the actors, it's also mm-hmm. the characters they pick right. that all contribute to this movie starting off with a weak foundation. Mm-hmm. The movie needed A, good actors. Mm-hmm. And B, the right characters from the franchise. Right. In order for it to have a strong foundation and be successful. So I think mm-hmm. they missed it, in my humble opinion, on both points. You might disagree. We'll get into it about the, at the actors. We might disagree mm-hmm. there, but we'll get into it. And as far as the characters we, they picked. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got, and I'm going to give you, when we give the characters, I was able to find a, there's a, a ranking of uh, popularity of Mortal Kombat characters. They rank the top mm-hmm. 50. UGO.com did it. <laughs> Uh, a couple of yeah. years ago. You know, there are a few rankings out there. That was the most recent one I saw where it was based mm-hmm. on UGO's staff votes as well as the public votes. And I kind of wanted to get right. one that wasn't just like, you know, crappy website ranking their own personal favorites. <laughs> I wanted to get one that had like the public voting on it. You know, right. I understand it's yeah. still, it's not a great, it's not a great metric, a perfect metric because still, you know, people who go to a particular website, it's a self-selecting audience, which might give you, a skewed result in the survey, but whatever it's, it's, right. it's the best we have. And it gives you at least a rough idea of what characters that are generally popular as opposed mm-hmm. to others. Right. So anyhow, right. let's get into it. Lewis Tan plays the role of Cole Young. And I know Steven, you're thinking to yourself, Cole Young, wait, 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 which game was that? Which game was that? Wait, did I get the newest game? Was there a new game that I missed? Wait a minute. Is there a new game coming out that I don't know about? Who is this Cole Young? That's right, Steven. He's not in the franchise. That's right. They created a brand new character. Make it even worse, Steven. He's your main character. Mm-hmm. What the hell? You literally have like 78 characters to pick from, Steven. You're telling me yeah. there weren't enough options between 78 characters to pick one to be the main character, Steven? Yeah. What do you think about this? Because I think right here, Steven, we need to, in the non-spoiler part of this review, we can mm-hmm. talk about this without spoiling the story. Yeah. I think this is where the movie fails right here. You've already ruined the foundation of the movie. In my humble opinion, what do you think? Yeah. Now, there was was a way to possibly have done it right, but the problem is that you picked a character that was worse than, what was his name? Uh, Mocap. Oh! (laughs) Armageddon. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, just pick any rando one you've only seen one time. Yeah. And I would have preferred to seen them yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah. This It doesn't help that, look, you know, no disrespect to the guy. Yeah. He's tried acting a couple times. 
He's a stunt man, from what I understand. Good stunt man. He needs to he's stick to a, that. He's he's not an actor. You can tell. Well, well, well let me. <laughs> he's attempting. He's not a good actor. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yeah, and like I mean, yeah, he's not like a Tommy Wiseau level bad actor, but <laughs> there's just some parts where he's saying these lines, and there's that. Um, that drama school first day, like, um, yes. um, oh, that guy is following us or something. Uh, it's you yeah. like a deer in the headlights kind of like, like, yes, yes. <laughs> it's not good. And he's your main no. character. So he's a character mm-hmm. you don't know. You don't have a connection with. You're kind of like, why is he in this movie? Oh my God. Wait mm-hmm. a minute. Are we really centering the Mortal Kombat movie around a character who's, isn't from the franchise not in the franchise. And then on top of it, he's not a good actor. I mean, if you put like maybe an awesome actor in that role, you might go, okay. Yeah. I think it's kind of lame that they pick a character that's not from the franchise, but But, Jason Statham is a great actor. I think he's awesome. So I'm really into it, but it's not Jason Statham playing the role. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just to pick an actor. It's not just a bad actor. It's a bad character. Yes. It's the trifecta. <laughs> it is. Not from the franchise, not a good actor, not well-written. That's right. That's horrible. And right Damn. there, Steven, I think number one with the bullet is why the movie fails. Mm-hmm. Right there. Next up is Jessica McNamee as Sonya Blade. By the way, in the UGO ranking, uh, fan ranking, mm-hmm. Sonya Blade came yep. in at number eight, which is ridiculously too high for such a generic-looking <laughs> character but whatever <laughs> she's an original character so she's going to get bonus points for being from the original series right i was not impressed by miss mcnamee's acting abilities either yeah and so i had very limited interest in sonia blade which i don't find to be a particularly compelling character in the first place so you really need to give me a good actress to get yeah. me excited you know and they didn't you know they didn't they didn't cast uh, Salma Hayek in this role, so my interest was very limited. <laughs> so, what did you think of of McNamee as Sonya Blade? Um, I thought she was pretty terrible. Um, <laughs> now, I don't, I don't, I don't dislike Sonya. I think there's a lot of potential with her character. Like, I mean, you know, the military woman who kicks a lot of ass, yep. and, but actually kind of enjoys doing it, right? Um, but. In this movie, they decided to write her like a 90s sitcom mom who was the wet blanket for everybody. And it's just like, shut up. (laughs) It's like, just die already. Yeah, you're like, she's like the fun police, wasn't she? Yeah, I know. Jeez. What the hell is this? Yeah. Come on, people. You had Josh Lawson as Mm -hmm. Kano. Kano coming in the UGO fan rating uh, number 24. Not very high Hmm. for one of the original characters. That's a little low. Yes. Josh Lawson. You know, he, the actor, I was like, whatever. Look, none of these actors are like amazing thespians. Don't don't get me wrong. Okay. (laughs) I I thought Lawson was fine in the role. He did Mm -hmm. what they asked him to do. So I had no real Mm -hmm. problem with Lawson. I thought the character of Kano sucked and was poorly written and badly booked in terms of fight psychology. That was my take. We'll get more in the spoiler section on that. What did Mm -hmm. you think of Josh Lawson? Um, At first, when I first saw the movie, uh, my immediate reaction was, finally, someone who has some life. Yes. 
you know yes like he's the one he doesn't take it super seriously he yep. makes fun of the whole thing yep. and blah 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 and so at first i was like okay well that's but that's good we finally have something they have a pulse right for this movie yes and i think he's good for what they gave him but yes. after after i was done i thought about it i was like they didn't really give him anything to do they gave really. him nothing he's, He's the one that's there to say, yes, we know it's silly. Yep. We know it's Mortal Kombat. Yep. It's just, I mean, he had a couple of decent lines. His problem is the same as mostly everybody else's, that there's just nothing really nah, there for, no. for him to do. <laughs> nope, nope. You had Tadanobu Asano as mm-hmm. Lord Raiden, who in the UGA poll came in at number four. That makes mm-hmm. sense to me. I thought this was a huge swing and a miss. As well, yeah. I thought Asano was way too soft yeah. of an actor to play Raiden. Mm-hmm. And he just, it didn't work at all. He completely lacks the gravitas mm-hmm. and the badassery of Christopher Lambert yeah. in the original mm-hmm. World Combat. And I understand that, and this is, I guess, a problem we have in 2021. You know, Christopher Lambert would never get cast in the role of Lord Raiden in 2021, which right. is a shame. I think, you know, if we can move past certain characters have to be of a certain ethnicity. You look, we got mm-hmm. black Asgardians. We got black Amazons. We could have a white Raiden. It's okay. It's okay not to get locked into, uh, you know, especially when you're talking about fantasy, like, you know, Marvel movies. It's fantasy. We're not, it's not a historical representation of the Amazons or the or, or of the Norsemen, right? So we can get yeah. creative, <laughs> right? Well, yeah. Mortal Kombat is not actual Japanese history. <laughs> it's fantasy. <laughs> you can get creative. Mm-hmm. Raiden doesn't have to be Asian. That's why someone like Christopher Lambert, I think maybe they got locked in to what Raiden mm-hmm. had to look like right versus in terms of ethnicity rather than what he should look like in terms of strength and badassery and gravitas Mm -hmm. and with the right personality and Mm -hmm. so this is a situation where sometimes you handcuff yourself when you're like oh no he's got that guy gotta look like this well you kind of handcuff yourself you know what i mean yeah it's um somebody like Somebody like Raiden, especially in the game, I don't know if he's voiced by an Asian actor. I don't think so. I don't so. think so, no. So there's no real... Um, yeah, and he doesn't look particularly Asian He doesn't. He has, he has the hat. True. And the garb looks, you know, looks Asian-inspired, yes. but that doesn't really mean anything. But in the fantasy world of Mortal Kombat, it's, it could be anything. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah, agreed. And, and the thing about Raiden that you have to have is he has to have a very commanding presence. Yes, agreed. Like, he has the booming voice. He right. has that, when you see him, you're like, oh, that's Raiden. Like, yes. oh, crap, you know. Yes. Um, and I, I was trying to think. I mean, the guy who's playing him, like, that could have been Ken Watanabe because it sounded like he was doing an impression, like, very soft. Yes. Like, kind of quiet. Like, yes. Like, that's Very not... soft, very passive. Yeah. It... it, it... Yeah. Just there, you know, yes. made no impression. Um, Agreed. And I was, I was trying to think like, you know, if they had, if they had to stick to, you know, trying to find an, an Asian actor, I was like, you know, maybe somebody like, 
I don't know, like a Chow Yun Fat could have done that. Like he's done movies where he's very you, big and broad. You and, know who could have done it, Stephen? Because Raiden doesn't that. need to do any physical moves. So you right. don't need an actor who can physically move limber mm-hmm. and lively, right? Yeah. But you need the build, the face, the voice, mm-hmm. the ground. Ron Perlman. Oh, yeah. That's Boom. A good point. That'd have been yeah. a badass Raiden. He, yeah. would, he has the gravitas. He's got the voice. Mm-hmm. He has the build. You put the electric eyes on him. Yep. I, 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 I think, agree. That's a great that, That's my point. Is I think sometimes we handcuff ourselves. I think in 2021, we can open up when dealing with fantasy worlds. Mm-hmm. And get, get a little more creative. Get a little more creative. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't handcuff. When you deal with a fantasy world, you don't have to be limited in your yeah. casting, is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyhow. I agree. So... <laughs> The next one up is Makad Brooks as Jax. Jax, by mm-hmm. the way, in the UGO fan vote came in at number 10. Mm-hmm. He is the first character so far that did, was not in the original Mortal Kombat video game. He came out in Mortal Kombat right. 2. Mm-hmm. I was never a fan of Jax because I thought he was... I, I don't like mili- just military-like characters. They kind of bore me in fantasy stories. I want them to look really mm-hmm. outrageous. He does have the metal mm-hmm. arms, I, I guess is okay... He's an okay character. He's not one of my favorites. He's not, I don't dislike yeah. it. Not one of my favorites. He's, he's fine. He's sure, a fine character. Sure. But you have to have him in the movie because he's been around forever. I get that. I have no right. problem with that. No problem with selecting that character. Makad Brooks, mm-hmm. though, bro. Oh, again, it's like, it's like a wooden plank trying to act. It's yeah. not good. Yeah. What'd you think? Hmm. That was a tough one for me because I'm not sure if it's his fault or if, or it's the incredibly boring, uninteresting, generic ass dialogue he, that they gave out. Yeah, he's a boring because, character in the movie, isn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. There, he's really got nothing going on except no. you know that you see how he gets his metal arms, right? Is admittedly pretty cool. <laughs> I felt like I I could see him maybe trying, but after a certain point, I mean, he's not in the movie very much anyway. No, no he's not. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know who to blame here. <laughs> yep. Yep. We have Ludi Lin as Liu Kang. Yeah. Another original Mortal Kombat character from the first video game, of course, in the UGO fan mm-hmm. vote. He came in at number one. Duh. You knew that was going to happen, right? Yeah. Not surprised there. Yeah. Ludi Lin was fine. Again, mm-hmm. Liu Kang, unfortunately, didn't have much of a role in this movie, and I cannot believe yeah. I just said those words. I don't know how you do a Mortal Kombat movie, Stephen, where Liu Kang doesn't play a pivotal role, but whatever, yeah. there you are. He's kind of the central character of the franchise. Right, and but... he was really just a supporting <laughs> cast in this movie, Stephen. He's not in it a lot, and he's not given... Almost a cameo. Yes, Almost. Almost a cameo. Yeah, and he's not given anything to do. So Lin Mm -hmm. could have been great in the role. I really can't judge him. He looked good as Liu Kang. I mean, he looked Mm -hmm. good. I liked liked his look. I I definitely think he he fit the role well. He has the right personality for the role, too. Mm -hmm. He just was given absolutely nothing to do. Yeah. I I agree. I think... Um, he's got the potential and I definitely see, and I look at him and I like see him like performing. I'm like, yep. okay, that's a good Luke Kang. Yes. Agreed. Now he just nothing to do. Agreed. Agreed. I don't know. It's the thing like that. If you have an actor like that, who has like the look has the potential, who does have the talent. I've seen Ludy Lindy some stuff and he's a good actor. 
who can be Liu Kang. Like, why don't you just make him the main character? Uh, He's the main character of this, the whole series. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Next yeah. up is Chen Han as Shang Tsung. He's from the original Mortal Kombat game as well. In the UGO fan vote, yeah. he was at number 15. He's usually a fairly popular character. Yeah. He was okay. He's okay. He, he's certainly not to the level of no. the iconic Mr. Tagawa yeah. in the 1995 movie. I mean, pales, mm-hmm. in, com- pales in comparison. But, you know, mm-hmm. he looked good. He, yeah. he, he, looked, he, he looked the part enough and... and carried himself with enough you know enough weight i think mm-hmm. for the role i think he knew how to play the role i don't think chen han he himself is a particularly bad actor at sure. all i think he's a fine actor mm-hmm. i think he wasn't given much in the movie again yeah. i don't think the script gave him anything to work with and maybe yeah. if han was given a script like uh, script like Tagawa was given, maybe he would have given a performance closer to what Tagawa gave. No one's going to yeah. beat Tagawa, and it's it's almost well, unfair yeah. to to Han to expect him to to beat Tagawa in that role. That's mm-hmm. not fair. Yeah, but he maybe he could have. You know, it's like expecting Roger Moore to be Sean Connery. Never happened. <laughs> but maybe Roger Moore yeah, could be his own man. You know what I'm saying? Right. Be his own mm-hmm. man and. Han wasn't given the, enough material to be his own man, I think. Yeah, I agree. He, I was trying to think, like, you know, could uh, could t- could Tagawa have done like this script? I think he could have. It probably would have been very like even bigger and yeah. more bombastic and yes. hammier than, yes. than the first time. But because there's not much, there's not much there. I can't blame. I can't blame Chen Han for that. Nope. He definitely had the look down. Yes, like, he did. I was like, okay, he looked good. Look, he looked that good. That looks like Shang Tsung for yeah. sure. Yeah. Give him something to do. Yeah. Give these people some lions. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> some yes. good lions. Agreed. Agreed. Oh, man. Yeah. We had Joe Taslam as Sub-Zero again from the original mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat game. He, not surprisingly enough in the fan vote, came in at number three. Yeah. No shock there. I like Joe Taslam. <laughs> I think he yeah. looked good. As as Sub Zero, I think he played the role very well. Mm-hmm. I think he had, he he really nailed the role. He was about the most outside of one other character. The most interesting to me was was Sub Zero. He got a lot of screen time, and I think Tasla mm-hmm. made the most of what he was given. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean I love like you. I love Joe Tasla. So I first saw him in, he was in The Raid. He was like the second yeah. protagonist in yep. that movie. And I thought he was great in that. He had, you know, some really awesome fight scenes. And then he's the lead in that Netflix movie, The Night Comes for Us. Right. Which, yes. Um, which yes. I think is so cool. If y'all yeah. have not seen that movie, you yep. have to see it. It's Agreed. so, so cool. Um, Did you know that, and, Joe, yeah. that Joe Taslam was a member of Indonesia's judo national team from 1997 really? to 2009. Huh. Wow. Interesting, huh? Isn't that neat? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, oh. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I say that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Yep. For sure, I definitely see that. Yep. And yeah, I like I like the approach that they took with, with Sub-Zero in this, where he, in a lot of ways he's like, He's like Jason Voorhees yes. or yes. Michael Myers. Like yes. when he shows up, yep. you're like, oh God. It's, it's over. Yeah, it's over. You can't stop him. Nope. He's he's just he's there to kill you. Yep. And he's unless you're lucky. 
he's going he's going to succeed. Yes. And I really like that when he did. He didn't speak a lot, but when he did, he had that kind of menace yes. to his voice. Yes. And I always loved seeing him. I thought it was. I thought the costume looked pretty good. Right. And I loved the way that he used his powers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was. Uh, I thought he was so. He was so cool. He was what this movie should have been for everybody. Which is, he's so cool. Amen. And uh, yeah, if if they got anything right, I think they got two things right with the characters. Yes, sir. And he is definitely one of them. I really love that. Totally agree. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Next up, Stephen, we had Hiroyuki Sana as Scorpion, also from the original mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat game. He, no surprise, Scorpion comes in at number two in the UGO mm-hmm. fan vote. Not a surprise there at all. Scorpion's a wonderful character. I yeah. love Hiroyuki Sanada. Huge huge fan of him Mm -hmm. sonata is amazing i like this actor period i like sonata from everything he's been in from i don't care last samurai uh, you know 47 ronin he's in the wolverine he's in uh, he was in speed racer too actually um (laughs) i think he's most well known for uh his role as the twilight samurai i think maybe that's his most critically acclaimed biggest role right he's a wonderful wonderful actor from tokyo he is phenomenal Mm -hmm. i i thought he was amazing as scorpion he had the Mm -hmm. look i mean he just looked so badass he Mm -hmm. nailed the look of scorpion (laughs) he just oh the intensity that sonata has is awesome i i I just i I just thought he was phenomenal looking and his acting yeah. is amazing. He brings it. I mean, he nails the character of Scorpion. He is phenomenal. He just takes that part by the that, that part by the back of the neck and just just yep. shakes it around. <laughs> he he was amazing. Every time he was on the screen, I couldn't take mm-hmm. my eyes off him. I thought he had a commanding presence. Mm-hmm. He along with Taslim were the two best, by far and away, and it's not even close, the yeah. two best parts of this movie. There's no competition. And as yeah. much as I love Taslam, I would put Sonata just a little bit above him because yeah. I think he is <laughs> the best performance of the whole movie. What did you think? Oh, I absolutely agree. Um, uh, Hiroki Sonata, he's been acting since the 60s. I think he must have been a yeah, he must have been like a younger, like a teenager, yeah, or something when he started. He's 60 but years he's old around, now, yeah, he's been around for a long time. And he doesn't um, look 60 though, does he? God, that guy looks fantastic. No, he does not. <laughs> he looks so damn good. Yes, he Gee, does. I want to age like him, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Um, and if y'all have not seen. I mean, he's been in so much. The Twilight Samurai is a fantastic yes. movie. And yes, he it is. He's great in it. Yep. Um, and so when I first heard that he was going to be Scorpion, of course, I was really excited. Mm-hmm. And like you, I think he he delivered. He's not in it a whole lot. No, it's a shame. Uh, he makes the most of every oh, moment that he's in it. Does he's he? He's yeah. so good. You feel for him. And then when he, you know, when he is Scorpion, like you are, you know, oh. You have that that respect, like yes. oh crap, that yes. is scorpion. Yes, sir. And like the biggest, it's it's weird. We talk about scorpion and Sub Zero together. They are the two. Well, most of the time, when people ask about Mortal Kombat, oh, they they think of Scorpion and yes. they think of Sub Zero. Absolutely. And I was so happy that at least 
they got those two right. <laughs> they did do that at least. Yeah, and they um, and they have my favorite scene in the movie. Uh, favorite two scenes actually. They're yep. both of their fights. I think are my favorite fights in the yep. movie. I got to give Hiroki Sonata credit. Everybody, every time Scorpion has said, "Get over here," it's yeah. always been Ed Boon. I think he did a good one. Yes, he did sir. a great. A great yes. variation. It was it was pretty dope. I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. Next up is Max <laughs> Huang as Kung Lao. Kung mm-hmm. Lao, of course, from Mortal Kombat 2. He ranked yeah. number five in the fan UGA poll. Not a surprise there. He's an extremely popular character mm-hmm. in the franchise. Max Huang, I'm I'm not familiar with him at all. I yeah. but I thought he looked fantastic mm-hmm. as as Kung Lao. He looked the part wonderfully. And yeah. I like I like how he moved. I like how he fought. I like Wang. I, I he's not again, he's not given much sure. at all. Like all these characters outside of Sub Zero and Scorpion, nobody's given Squadoosh to work with. I like him as an actor. I thought he was a good choice to play Kung Lao. What'd you think? Yeah, I agree. For the little that he was on, I thought he but that he embodied the, the character really well. I mean, because usually when he's on screen, he's paired with Liu Kang. Yes. And I think the dynamic that they had, for what little we got to see of it, it seemed very much which like is, the one of the video games. criminal, Stephen. We should have... Yes. These two should have been the main focal point for the good guys. Should have mm-hmm. It should have been Liu Kang and Kung Lao together. And I think the two actors, I think that... I think Lin and Wang had a lot of good chemistry in the teeny bit mm-hmm. that we saw them. I think if you had let those two be the two main protagonists, you would have mm-hmm. had a much better movie. The two characters really worked off each other. The two actors worked off each other. I think the two actors had mm-hmm. a lot there going for chemistry. Yeah. I think those two as your protagonist would have made a vastly different movie, a vastly better movie. I absolutely agree. It's, it makes you wonder what they were thinking. Yep. Agreed. That Agreed. They saw those two actors together and said, we don't want that. No, we don't want that. But give them yeah. cameos. Yeah, pretty much. Kung Lao definitely. Oh, Kung Lao's a cameo, cameo. Stephen. It's cameo, yeah. which is criminal for a character of his stature in the franchise. Yeah, and criminal. I mean, and of course, the one the, that's the cameo is probably the one who at least looks the closest to his actual oh, agree. game. Absolutely, he's phenomenal looking. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's so shame. disappointing. I know. Yeah, it's, it's a shame. Mm. We had CC Stringer as Melina. Melina, also from Mortal Kombat 2. She ranked number mm-hmm. 17 in the UGO fan poll. I like Melina. It's a good, that's a good mm-hmm. character. I've always liked Melina. She's cool looking. She's pretty badass. She's my kind of... If you got to pick a... Uh, if I'm going to use a female fighting character, it's going to be like Melina. Steven's like, mm-hmm. yeah, duh. No surprise there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I thought Cece Stringer looked fantastic as Melina. I thought she just mm-hmm. looked wonderful she nailed it she had the look she had the moves she had the personality mm-hmm. she had the right vibe i thought she was wonderful i loved her yeah she wasn't given anything but she looked fantastic oh, yeah she looked fantastic yeah it's is it the the baraka teeth that do it for you yes <laughs> <laughs> um yeah with her um i like melina too I've, I've i think they've done a lot with her recently in the games yep. to make her more interesting agreed like you said i think she did a good job um i do kind of miss the purple though i do too but yeah, i'm not gonna I, say I, no I to like, black leather steven that's fair, fair <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> steven's like why do i talk to him why do i talk to him 
It's like, why couldn't it have been purple leather? You know? It could have been. Like, Compromise. I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, she was really given nothing. Her character was given nothing, of course. She's very yeah, shallow. And it's, and it's like, for an introduction to the character, it's like, to have her and not either have I know. Katana or Shao Kahn I know. involved, it's like, she just makes, it doesn't really like, without those associations, like, you can't really build off of her. You're right. And so you're she right. just seems like a henchman or hench, hench person. You're, you're correct. You she was. Yeah. She was. She was nothing more than just the flunky. And it's really unfortunate that yeah. she got such a one-dimensional flunky role. That's that's mm-hmm. that's a shame. She she deserved better. We had yeah. Matilda Kimber as Emily. That is uh, Cole's daughter. And I, yeah. I don't have anything to say. She's It's a child actor, and they rarely impress me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. We had Laura Brent as Allison. <laughs> that is Cole's wife. Uh, mm-hmm. She has very little to do other than just be in peril. And yeah, I, I guess she did it okay. But like like all the other character, all the other characters outside of Scorpion and Sub Zero, there is no character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, she did so. a better job than they was handed. <laughs> she did. <laughs> we had Daniel Nelson. As the body for Cabal, and we had Damon Harriman as the voice of Cabal. Mm-hmm. Cabal, of course, is a later character than some of the other ones. He's from Mortal Kombat 3. He ranked number 19 in the UGO fan poll. I like Cabal. Mm-hmm. Cabal's a cool character. It was nice to see him in the movie. I, I mean, again, no character work, no depth, nothing. He is simply just a dumb generic flunky that's all he is mm-hmm. he looked cool he sounded cool that's all i got yeah i'm, I'm the same the, the guy who did his voice damon harriman i like him a lot he yep. was he was charles manson in mindhunter yep yep um he did a great job with that yep it's just he's there he's there for one reason yeah and I mean, yeah, you know, he looks cool, and you see his powers and yeah. stuff, which is pretty, which is honestly pretty dope. Oh yeah, you know? agreed. I really like seeing that. Agreed. But um, yeah, he's there for one purpose in the plot, and that's it. Yippers, you got and it. It's like, wow, well, saw that coming from a mile away. <laughs> you got it. That's unfortunate. We had Angus yeah. Sampson playing the voice of Goro. Goro mm-hmm. being one of the OG characters from Mortal Kombat. He came in yep. at number twenty-two of the fan. UGO rating, which honestly is a little lower than I expected. Goro yeah. being the big, bad main villain from the original 1995 Mortal Kombat movie. Yep. And again, like all the other characters, Steven, Goro given next to nothing, super generic, flunky, which blew my, it blows my mind, Steven, that I'm calling Goro a generic flunky, but I don't know what else you call it. Yeah, I agree. I think he looked pretty good. Oh, he looks fantastic. He did a good job with Agreed. the look of him. Now he's only on screen for five minutes. So, yeah. you know, not even, not even, not five even minutes, five so minutes. It makes, it shows you where, it shows you how they use their budget, which I, which, which I, you know, we'll how into. Goro is only in a Mortal Kombat yeah. movie for a few minutes again is just, yeah, I find that to be and, mystifying, and, but maybe that's just me. And what they did with him, I thought, was, like, very disrespectful. Absolutely agree. Uh, we'll get like, that in the spoiler mm-hmm. section, but I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, the Then we have Nathan Jones as Rico. He's from Mortal Kombat 4. 
He's mm-hmm. very lowly rated in the in the fan poll, Stephen. He only came in at 42. Mm-hmm. And that's about how I view the character, Rico. I'm kind of surprised yeah. that we got this character in the movie. But yeah. we did. And Nathan Jones is I okay, I guess. I don't... I mean, it's... Again, Rico is nothing more than a generic flunky with no personality or story mm-hmm. whatsoever. So I don't really have much... I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, he got he got as good as as that character deserved. Yep, to be honest with you, agreed, so, agreed. Yeah, were you surprised they included that character in the movie? My hope was that they would have that it would have been more of those types, you know, the easily disposable. Hey, right, that's a character from the game, but we're gonna yeah. toss him aside right quick. But yeah, we didn't get that. No. <laughs> it was no. just him and and one more. Yeah. <laughs> Last up is Mel Jarnson. As mm-hmm. Nitara, that character comes in. That that character is from Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance. is a much newer character, and she came in at number forty six in the fan poll, very low. I will say she looked great. I love her look. Nitara looks fantastic in the movie, but I mean, it's a super cameo appearance. There's, I don't even think she said a word, so I don't really have much to say about the actress. Other than she looks fantastic. <laughs> she was in it just enough to get a Screen Actors go credit, probably. Yep. Yeah, she comes in. Um, Shang Tsung builds her up as the ultimate hunter. Yep. And then she gets dispatched within five minutes of appearing. Yep, so there's not much so, there. Last... She obviously deserved I'm not a fan of Natara in the game anyway. So. No, not really, no. I'm, I'm with you on that. No. Last up <laughs> is Reptile from the original Mortal Kombat video game. He came in high, number six in the fan poll. That's higher than I would have mm-hmm. guessed. This is Reptile. He is, there's no actor. He's all CGI, nor does he talk, so there's no voice actor. And he looks a lot different than what you might recall from the yeah. video game. I only recognized it because of his power set. Mm-hmm. And it's a, he looks just like a big reptile, literally. Yeah, he looks like a massive Komodo dragon. Yep. Like the one that walks on two legs. Yep. It would have been cool if he had actually gotten a fight and not yeah. a minute skirmish. Agreed. Like, okay, that's weird. Agreed. <laughs> What'd you think of cha- drastically changing his character for the movie in his terms of his look and not being able to talk and all that? Um... I can't really say because we didn't really get anything with him. Yeah. You could have done something with that look. I mean, Komodo dragons are scary. They are. You know, so it would have been interesting to see. Um, And reptile, well, reptile, I guess. Originally, he was kind of like a palette swap. That's right. Like for, I think it was Mm Sub-Zero, I think. Yep. So, you know, they really worked on him more as the series progressed. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't have minded him kind of looking like that. But once again, we didn't we didn't get enough to know how it would have turned out. Agreed. Unfortunately. Agreed. All right, Stephen, we've gone through the whole cast and mm-hmm. we've t- given our impressions on the acting. I think it's safe to say in summation, the acting outside of, outside of the roles of Sub-Zero and Scorpion. None of the characters are that compelling. So basically, it's it's Taslim and Sonata mm-hmm. carrying all the load for that for the for this cast in terms of acting. Is that what you would agree? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So overall, acting not good in this movie. <laughs> 
No, either not good or we just don't know because they didn't have enough time to do anything. Right. And that leads us to the next part to talk about is the script. Mm. The script is terrible, Stephen. Yes. It's it's just bad. I don't know how else to say it. It's it's bad. The character work is atrocious. Outside of Mm -hmm. Sub-Zero and Scorpion, the character work is a hot mess. Everybody Mm -hmm. is as bland and as generic as humanly possible. The heroes Mm -hmm. are all bland, boring, generic heroes, and all of the villains are just generic flunkies to, I I hate to say it, to Shang Tsung. Yeah. That's, that's, and the dialogue is not good. Yep. And the story itself is not very interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't really understand how you take a concept like fate of the world depends on winning a tournament, which there is no mortal Kombat tournament in this movie. Right. By the way. Right. I, I just, I, I just think people should know that. Yeah, that, and, um, that and that's, I think that's that you're not spoiling yeah. the movie. I think that's important no. information to know. I don't know how you write mm-hmm. a script for a Mortal Kombat movie, and I don't know how mm-hmm. you write that script where Liu Kang isn't the main character, or right. at least one of the main characters, mm-hmm. and there's no Mortal Kombat tournament. I mean, that's literally the whole point of mm-hmm. the game and the yep. world for the franchise. Like, it's literally the entire point and the core mm-hmm. concept for this entire franchise. Yep. I, what? Yeah, it's especially since it's just the introduction. They didn't break from the tournament format until Mortal Kombat 3. Right. And even after that, you know, it would pop back up eventually. Yeah. Um, it's, it doesn't, for an introduction to this, fran- a reintroduction to this franchise. It's terrible. Um, which you have to assume, you know, people just aren't going to know. Oh so, yeah, you know, Mortal Kombat's incredibly popular, but you have to go into it. Yeah, it's like some way that okay, we have to introduce this concept to people, right? And for it to be discussed like twice and then not ever shown, I don't, I don't get that. I really don't. I'm mystified by it, Stephen. I was, yeah. I was absolutely floored. This movie yeah. felt like. It was the prologue to right. an actual movie I was going to get. Yeah, that's what it felt mm-hmm. like. It felt like a prologue. I, I, it, it, the things this movie mm-hmm. wasn't that short. It was one hundred twenty. It was one hundred ten minutes. So it's mm-hmm. almost a full two hours. How you make yeah. f- a full two hours feel like it's almost a prologue is beyond me. <laughs> it, it really yeah. is. There is, there is no, there's nothing to this movie. There is no depth. There is no substance. Mm-hmm. There, and I'm again, we love Godzilla versus Kong. It's not like oh, we're yeah. expecting Citizen Kane from these movies. Sure. I'm not. When I'm saying depth and substance, I'm saying for your genre, Godzilla yeah. versus Kong for its genre had lots of depth mm-hmm. and substance. This yes. for its genre has none. It is as shallow mm-hmm. yep. as you can come. It is as mm-hmm. paper thin as you can come. It yep. is utterly lacking in 
any type of fight psychology, in any type mm-hmm. of plot, in any type of character work. It is literally mm-hmm. devoid of all of it. This is as basic yeah. and generic a script as you could possibly imagine. You would get something better out of a high school creative writing class, I would think. This There's nothing here yeah. at all to oh, the script. I, oh, I agree with you. The concept is so... I'm not, I'm not going to pretend that writing a good Mortal Kombat script is an oh. easy task. No, it's not. It's, it's not. Oh. I don't know how NetherRealm does it all the time. Right. But, you know, that's that's for the that's for the games, of course. It's different from a movie. Understood. But it's it's just it's just baffling to me. Like some of the things they choose to focus on as like key plot points that have nothing to do with anything from the game. Yep. It's it's just like I don't really, I don't really, uh, this, the concept itself should not be that complicated. Nope, it shouldn't be. You put these people into a tournament, they fight, there you go. Yep. The the, the hard part is writing everything around that, the character Agreed. stuff, the, you know, the stakes, the exploring the mythology, that is something that just for one movie could yep. be a little complicated. Yep. But they, <laughs> they had a prologue to a tournament. In fact, the writers, I think, in every even said that they wanted that their trilogy of Mortal Kombat would be the first is the lead of the tournament, the second one is the tournament, and the third is what happens after the tournament. I'm like, uh, that sounds, that sounds awful. horrible. That sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you, you're creating a character from whole cloth who doesn't exist in the franchise, and you make him a terrible awful. character, right? Who is awful and has nothing going on. I really, I really don't, I don't understand why someone didn't look at this script and go, no, 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 do, do better. You, you, you know, you can't make a Mortal Kombat movie that does mm-hmm. that centers on a character that isn't from the franchise. Right. And also is painfully boring. Yeah. And there's no tournament in the movie. Like that, you can't mm-hmm. do any of that. Like that's basic. No. Yeah. It's uh, really, it's like. Hey, here's here's one of the games. Play it, yeah, and then come back to me yep. and tell me what you've learned from playing it. Yep, it's it is that it's that simple. You mm-hmm. know, even just the stuff like like you said, like fight psychology, like style. That's more directing the style of the movie. But even stuff like that, it's like it's right there. Yep, it's you there. see it. It's you got it. It's already visualized for you. Thank you. Even better than a storyboard. <laughs> yeah. Because it moves. Because it moves, right? I just and you can. <laughs> it just blows. It just blows my mind that we're given a story that clearly. Put it this way: the 1995 movie yeah. gets all of its love because it is so respectful to its source material. Mm-hmm. This movie acts like a big middle finger to the source material. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm, again, I'm not saying I have to have the exact video game given to me in the movie. The 1995 right. movie didn't do that. Oh no! They didn't do that, but mm-hmm. approach it the same way the 1995 movie, with yeah. respect for the source material. Yeah. This was like, oh, those video games—they're stupid. F you. Okay, we're gonna create our own character, and tournaments are dumb. We're not gonna yeah. have a tournament. Let's go. Like, wh- what? Yeah, it's it's one of those ones where I feel like they took it too seriously, but not seriously enough at yep. the same time. Uh, if agreed. that makes sense. Uh, agreed. They took the i. They didn't take the idea of the game seriously, but they took their version Bingo. too seriously. Bingo. Because there is a lot. Like there is like an example. Because I've 
um, after I um, after I watched the movie, I played the latest one, Mortal Kombat 11, recently. Mm-hmm. And there's a part in that game that kind of summarizes my my thought on how this franchise should be approached. Where there's a part where you know it's set like the characters are older in this, and there's some timeline stuff. It's in the reboot timeline, right? And Scorpion and Sub Zero are teaming up to fight. Um, a new Cybot, who is the the older brother of Sub Zero, right. and he's the one who killed Scorpion's family. Right now, for that, you know, th- it's a big moment for those characters, and they play it like that. It's a big, you know, it's they're both basically putting a ghost to bed, basically, mm-hmm. and you really feel that moment. Now, does it sacrifice any of the over the top? cheese of mortal Kombat, no but it takes that moment seriously yep yep without compromising anything else that is tough to do agreed but it's such a perfect example of why mortal Kombat has such a great story and characters in a world because they walk the line in such a good way mm-hmm. that you know you feel for this stuff and then you're, you're laughing a second later because oh that guy got cut in half by exactly. something you know right um, I'm not saying they had to do that right. for this movie, right? But for something like Mortal Kombat, like you have to have the fun yes. in it. Yes. And this is so dreadfully dull. Like, oh my god! Like, this is not that serious, <laughs> right? It, it, but you're right. It's dull. It is dull. Yeah. It's not fun. Yeah, and there's a lot of um, there's some scenes where. You know, I'm watching. It's like, you know what this could use? This could use a little bit of cheese. Yes. Like that was in the in the 95 Mortal Kombat. Yeah. It gave it a lot of life. A lot yes. of It makes you want to rewatch it. Like the action scenes are done really well. They yep. do respect the source material. But sometimes, you know, you look at just some of those lines on paper and they're dumb. Yes. But the actors are so committed. Yes. They're into it. They yes. want to deliver a good, fun time. And if you're not going to give me, you know, the the good balance of cheese and you know good writing that nether realm does at least give me something fun to yes. watch yes. that i can laugh at Agreed. that i can say you know what that was i want to watch that again just to see you know just to see it because it was so goofy and fun yep but they didn't do that no. nope. they went, they're writing it like they're trying to go for the oscars or something i'm like really it's unfortunate it, it, it is written like the writers were having no fun at all with the source material. right like no yeah. fun at all that's a that's a real so, shame how yeah. about the cinematography and the special effects? What do you think? It kind of varies. There are some parts where I think it's shot really well. Uh, I think like the first 10 minutes is mm-hmm. probably the best example of that, where some of the sets are really nice. I mm-hmm. like the um, well, the first 10 minutes and then the frozen factory that they had the final battle with Sub-Zero in. I thought it was really cool looking. Mm-hmm. I like the VFX for the most part. Well, I, I can't really think of any. I just like, oh god, that just looks so bad. I right, can't. right, right. I can't, right. I can't stand it. Right. But because of the budget limitations, you know, when they used it, you know, it had to. It yep. was probably gonna. It had to look good, but it had to be for like, you know, a quickly. split second. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it, and that's very unfortunate. Yes. Um, when the characters are using their powers, I think it's actually pretty yep. cool. Yep. And and that's great because the actual fight choreography is for the most part, it's pretty bad. Yes, it is. <laughs> which you don't expect from Mortal Kombat. 
Agreed. It's kind of the big, big, does they all know how to fight? <laughs> yes. I think that, I think you're right. Um, the special, I mean, I think the movie was shot just fine. I don't really have any sure. complaint of how it was shot. The special effects, mm-hmm. I agree with you. When they had to do the special effect, big special effect moment, they looked mm-hmm. good. The problem is they were limited in how many of those moments they could have. Right. And how long those moments could last. So there are mm-hmm. very few of those moments, and when they do happen, it's super short because the budget's right. so small. And mm-hmm. also because the budget is so small, in a lot of the fights, they use their powers very sparingly. Yeah. And I'm watching these fights going, why is Liu Kang not using his powers at all? Like, yeah. this makes no sense. Mm-hmm. It's because they don't have the budget for him to use it, but so often. Right. And, man, I got to tell you, that excuse they wrote into the script for how they have their powers was the dumbest thing I've ever yes. seen in my entire life. Yes. You know what happens in, you know what happens in Mortal Kombat? These characters fight, and they have superpowers. Right. There's not, it doesn't matter. Right. Or there's some arcana or whatever. It's like, no, 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 no. It's like, right. this guy shoots ice from his hands. This guy shoots fire from his hands, and they're going to fight each other. Right. I think at this point, Stephen, I want to get into the action, but we can't discuss the action without just spoiling things. So at this point, here's your spoiler alert. We're going to really start spoiling things. We have to at this point. We can't avoid it any longer when talking about the Mm -hmm. the fighting and and, uh, special effects, that kind of thing. We got to really start Mm -hmm. this. We got to spoil things. So here's your spoiler alert. If you don't want the movie spoiled, pause, go watch it, come back, Mm -hmm. hit play, and resume the podcast. Okay, final spoiler alert. (laughs) Stephen, you're right. Before we hop into the action, the way they get their powers is is utterly asinine. <laughs> it, it, it just is. In Mortal Kombat, they have superpowers because it's a freaking fantasy world. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Who gives a crap? It's yeah. utterly irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Nobody mm-hmm. cares. Yeah. Nobody cares. You know, in Dragon Ball, people have superpowers because no one cares. Yeah. Because it's freaking Dragon Ball. Don't worry about because, it. Yes, because Dragon Ball. Right. Because Mortal Kombat. This right. This is why they can do these things. And somehow <laughs> they have to... You're born with the Mortal Kombat symbol birthmark, and that means yeah. that you're a special gifted person who can be part of the tournament, who can unlock a superpower in some time of need or crisis or during a fight or something. Whatever. Yeah, I think it was when they get when they get angry. Right. Okay. Right. So the the Hulk, the Hulk, the Hulk. Um, what's the word? The Hulk thing. Yeah. The Hulk protocol. Right. Pro- cool. <laughs> right. That that's a stupid idea. Yes, it it's is. It's utterly stupid. It's not needed. It doesn't overly make the story. complicates things. It over. Thank you. It does overcomplicate yeah. things without making anything more interesting. Without mm-hmm. making anything more unique, more fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's it's a stupid idea, mm-hmm. overcomplicated, stupid idea that lends nothing yeah. to your story. If you wanted to bring something that's overcomplicated, that's not part of the franchise, ask yourself, does it make it better? Does it make it better? And if the answer is no, you don't do it. Yeah. It's, I mean, just for, just for example, because they do this as the excuse to introduce like their signature powers, their yep. signature move. Um, like Kano has the eye, yep. the eye beam. Yep. Um, because a cyborg eye is just too, too goofy. For right. Exactly. Mortal Kombat. Oh my God. Film. We have standards in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then it makes you like ask questions like, well, 
why didn't they just give Jax big arms? Right. Why did they give him little tiny arms? And oh, his power is that he makes his arms grow bigger. That makes no sense. That is dumb. It it, it is dumb. Even for fighting yeah. uh, a fighting video game, that's dumb. Mm-hmm. Period. Because it makes the it makes who gave him those arms, which was Raiden and Kung Lao, look really stupid. stupid. Yeah. 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 Um, why is like when you play if you when you play Mortal yeah. Kombat and you see Sonya Blade shoot those pink things out of yep. her wrist, do you think, oh, that's her superpower, or is it she has some technology that makes it happen? Uh, exactly. Usually the tech. Yes. But now it's her superpower, which is so stupid. Yeah. The, the tech was nowhere. fine. Yeah. It, it was totally fine. Jax, you, you, she stands next to a dude who has gigantic metal arms. Right. Why do you need a, oh, well, it's actually her special arcana superpower. So it's, dumb. Yeah, that's the stuff that makes people look at Mortal Kombat and go, that's dumb. Yep. Got it. Yeah. Got it. That's how you make people mock your franchise, guys. Absolutely agree. Absolutely. Because these days, you know, with the Marvel movies out, yep. with, with DC, with Fast and the Furious. Yep. People are willing to take a lot yes. of stuff, a lot of goof, a lot of silly yeah. nonsense, and they will roll with it. Stop trying to over-explain everything. Yeah. It this makes things problem. worse. This is the problem with Wonder Woman 1984. Yes. You know what? Steve Steve Trevor, I almost said Steve Rogers. <laughs> Steve, Trevor, <laughs> Steve Trevor, he's alive again. Don't worry about it. His body came back. Don't worry about it. Move on. Because your no, explanation... Was yes. utterly asinine and yes. conflicts with the movie. Made the movie worse and gave people something to complain about. Yes. Don't we don't need d- Yes. We don't need rapey for, rapey Wonder Woman. Yes. We don't need for, it. <laughs> that's why one of the big rules of screenwriting is just it well, it's I, it's not a written rule, but it should be is keep it simple, stupid. Yep. That's right. That's right. So yeah. It's, and I, it sounds like a we're you know we're nitpicking parts like this, but this is really just indicative of how bad this script really is. Absolutely agree. Absolutely and, agree. Even give and it seriously, go back and listen to our podcast of Godzilla versus Kong. Mm-hmm. We grade based on what type of movie you are. So yeah. I'm not going to employ artsy indie film standards mm-hmm. to your smash them up, beat them up video game movie. That's okay, right. my Martin Scorsese yeah. standards of what I expect from a movie will not be applied mm-hmm. to Godzilla versus Kong or to Mortal right. Kombat. I have a different set yeah. of standards. You, mm-hmm. you you hear that, and that's why we liked Godzilla versus Kong so much. Mm-hmm. Well, even with the proper standards, in this case, an action fighting action video game movie, it yeah. utterly fails. It's horrible writing. Period. End of story. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Steven, people are probably listening to us go look. I'm not watching Mortal Kombat for the acting or for right. the story. I'm here for the yeah. fighting. So you know what, Steven? Sure. Let's get into the fighting, shall we? Let's talk yeah. about it. Let's talk about it, all right? Sure. We have several fights. This is what we oh, have. Yeah. Let's go through them all mm-hmm. yeah. as we get to the meat of the review because this is mm-hmm. why we're all here, right? The first yeah. battle is Scorpion versus Sub-Zero. It lasts for 1 minute 40 seconds. Mm-hmm. It is a very traditional martial arts fight. It is set mm-hmm. back in the past. Yep. In feudal Japan. Both Scorpion and Sub-Zero, humans at this point, regular humans. Mm-hmm. Right. And they 
both get good offense. It's a very balanced fight for the most part. Mm-hmm. And in the end, Sub-Zero wins. He kills right. Scorpion. Mm-hmm. Now, Sub-Zero does have his powers. Scorpion does not have any powers. Right. Sub-Zero mm-hmm. does have his powers. But he, in the fight, I mean, he uses them a little bit. But again, you know, you got the budget to think about. So nobody uses right. their fight, their, their powers a lot during any of these fights. They just don't. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he doesn't use them a lot. It's mostly traditional martial arts fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What'd you think of this fight? Um, I thought that this fight and just the first 10 minutes in general, that sequence in the past, I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. I really did. Yep. I, it was, it was well shot. Yep. Um, you had actors there who were, you know, acting. Yes. You know, it yes. was very kind of compelling setup. Yes. The movie pulls a fake out on you. It does. Because you watch that and you're like, Oh, this is actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. And the fight, like the camera, it's placed for the most part, placed far back enough. You yep. can see the moves. Yep. It seems like there's some choreography yes, going on. Absolutely. Um, there's some style to the fight. Yes. It's like they both fight in a certain way. Definitely. Um, so I really liked it. Now, of course, you know, he's not Scorpion yet, so you know he's gonna lose. Right. But it's entertaining. He yes. gets his he gets some good hits in. Yep. Um, so I really like that fight a lot. Mm-hmm. It's I think and, I mean I'm that's probably my favorite fight of the whole movie. The I would one agree. that's close, but I would agree with you, Stephen. Um, the movie starts yeah. off with what I think is the best fight of the of the movie, and boy, mm-hmm. you're right. It 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 sets up expectations and then yeah. completely knocks them down. <laughs> yeah, it's and it it's it says something because we'll get to this as we get to the other fights where it sets up a certain expectation for how they're going to be filmed, yes. how they're going to be choreographed. Yes. And as we get to other fights, it's like, did you have two second AD teams yeah. that did these fights? Yes, agreed. Because I mean, it's it's no secret nowadays in Hollywood, the directors usually don't shoot the action scenes. Right. They have a team that does that. Right. And they, you know, sign off on it and cut yep. it and blah blah blah. But yeah, that we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, <laughs> we might this, get to that soon. <laughs> this, yeah, this. I'm with you. This fight scene was well choreographed i like mm-hmm. that the camera was far back so you got a good view of everything yeah. it was really well done i was excited i was like wow if they do such a good job with a traditional martial arts scene like this yep. other scenes are going to be mind-blowing mm. right anyhow mm. move forward <laughs> we get a fight between our main character cole versus random cage fighter right this scene goes on for about a minute, 20 seconds. It is a very mm-hmm. traditional UFC fight. The cage right. fighter wins. It's really this fight here is to establish that Cole is a loser, which I could have told you that <laughs> without this. Um, <laughs> he's a loser yeah. who's not very yeah. good at what he supposedly wants to do. Yeah. This fight scene, it achieved the goal of making me think Cole is a loser. Mm-hmm. But it, I don't. I didn't find it to be a very uh, particularly well done fight scene at all. No, it's because uh, I felt like what because they had a scene before where the guy where the guy who had who is paying him to fight says that he is too he has no defense and he's too aggressive, which sounded at the time like wow that's a very heavy handed little piece of dialogue. Very yes. trying to 
rush some character development. And then you proceed to see that happen. Yes. And you're like, wow, you could have just shown me this. Right. And saved me that time. But right. okay. Yeah, it's, I don't think it's, it's such a jarring cut from, you know, looks like somebody, you know, from like maybe the Hong Kong cinema came in and said, hey, you know, maybe you should do this, do that with the scene. And then it cuts to what most American action scenes look like nowadays, which it's it's kind of cutty. It's too close. Yes. Um, yes. It's not it's not as bad as some of them get later on, but True. it's still like. But it's getting getting in the toward crowd are in the way yeah. and like, OK, like, like what's what's happening? Yep. And then before you know it, it's over. So yep. not you good. Know, it's yeah, not good. choreography. It, no, definitely not. <laughs> All right. Next fight is Jax versus Sub-Zero. This one mm-hmm. goes for roughly one minute, ten seconds. It is a mm-hmm. very one-sided fight of Sub-Zero oh, yeah. kicking the crap out of Jax. Mm-hmm. You get the first dose of what you come to expect of that well-known trademark Mortal Kombat violence. Mm-hmm. You finally get it in this fight yep. when Sub-Zero freezes off Jack's arms and then shatters them, leaving just yep. two bloody stumps and then pushes them off the ledge where they were fighting. So he <laughs> smashes to the ground, apparently dead and defeated. Right. I like this fight because th- while it was very short and one-sided, it mm-hmm. did deliver the, vintage Mortal Kombat level violence that we come to expect. And we got a little more use of powers from Sub-Zero. So Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, I mean, not great choreography to this, but that's not the point of this fight. This point of this fight was to get Sub-Zero over as this super-powered badass who can obliterate what we are told is a very good human-level fighter. Right. To set the power difference between a Mortal Kombat fighter and just a regular mm-hmm. good human fighter. Right. It, and it's pretty, you know, Jax is tall, he's muscular, he's buff. He's much bigger than Sub-Zero. Yes. And so I think that that was a good way to, to get him across. You just look at the two of them and you you might assume if you don't know. Right. Well, I mean, we know, of course. Right. But if you watch the movie, you know, they set it up really well and... Jax has some hits, but the fact that they don't face Sub-Zero says a lot. Yep. And then, of course, he has his little... It's not a fatality, but a brutality. A brutality, yes. And and that, and that is like... Even though I'd seen it in the trailer, it was still just like, wow, that was, that was yep. pretty cool. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. We then get the introduction of Sonya Blade. These aren't real fights, but we do see her immediately beat up Cole when he, mm-hmm. he first shows up at her place, and then smack yeah. around Kano, who she has already captured, implying she's right. beat him off screen, mm-hmm. and she smacks him around. So they really want you to know, hey, even though this small blonde lady doesn't look like mm-hmm. she's a threat, she's really good. She's right. better than these guys. Again, Cole, I mean, I get it. He's a loser. But now you've mm-hmm. jobbed him out twice, once to a random right. cage fighter and once to this small blonde lady. At mm-hmm. this point, I'm wondering why he's even a fighter because he's a not a small guy. And yeah. Sonya is played by a small actress. And I'm thinking, dude, you can't even beat this small woman? What kind of cage mm-hmm. fighter are you? I mean, there's a reason why UFC... <laughs> there's a reason why UFC has the men's division and the women's division. There's a reason for right. that. Like, 
<laughs> I, I get you want to get Sonya over, but at this point, everyone's unpowered. Right. Cole shouldn't have... And he is a cage fighter, and he's mm-hmm. a big dude. It He shouldn't have just gotten jobbed out to an unpowered... Yeah. Emphasis on unpowered Sonya mm-hmm. Blade. Right. Really? And, and Kano, not a small guy either, who is mm-hmm. who we're being told is super-duper special forces trained guy too. Yeah. Again probably shouldn't be jobbed out to an unpowered emphasis mm-hmm. on unpowered Sonya Blade. So I thought that was like, that's weird. Weird fight psychology for those two guys. Again, you're just dumping too much on Cole at this point, mm-hmm. I think, for me to take him seriously. And yeah. if you want to build Kano up like they want to, they know what they want Kano to be, is to be a big bad guy at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't job him out to an unpowered Sonya Blade. We already know he's been jobbed right. out. He's been captured. Mm-hmm. That's not good fight psychology for either Cole to build up Cole or Kano for what you want them to be. It's it's yeah. too much dumping on Cole. Yeah, it's a lot of dumping on him, and it's um, it saves them from having to. Well, how could she have captured him? Captured Kano? It's like, well, right. she just beat him. It's like, okay, well, why don't we see her capture him? Right. You know, to get across, to get her across that way. Right. You know, instead of just telling the audience that she did, why don't we show how she, it's always more interesting to show. Yes. Because, you know, he is a, he is bigger than she is and all that. So it would be like, well, how did she beat him? That must've been really interesting. Right. To see how and she maybe did she used a weapon. Cause you got to get Kano sure. to, to build up a heel. He mm-hmm. has to seem unstoppable. Right. Otherwise beating the heel means nothing. Because you've already mm-hmm. beaten him multiple times before. So there's no big payoff right. when he's beaten at the end. You're like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he's a jobber. He's already lost three times before. Of course he lost again. Right. You're defeating the point of what you're trying to build to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's right. Uh, so the next fight, Stephen, is Reptile versus the combination of Cole, Blade, and Kano. They all each mm-hmm. get their own licks in on Reptile. This fight goes for about 2 minutes, 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. Even though everyone gets Cole, Blade, and Kano all get licks in on Reptile, Kano is the one who actually gets the win with a fatality as he, Mm -hmm. Kano, tears out Reptile's heart. Mm -hmm. Which, again, I like the Mortal Kombat style fatality. Big thumbs up. I think (laughs) Reptile looks cool. They use a lot of cool superpowers with Reptile, with his invisibility mm-hmm. and his corrosive, you know, green yeah, goo comes uh, out of his mouth. Yeah. And so that's all good. What's not good is that um, the way it's filmed is not great. Again, it's yes. a lot of quick cuts and I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on and you can't see what's going on and it's yeah. moving around real fast and even though you super dark too very dark and even though you yeah. give Kano the win it's not really I mean all three of them fought so it's not like right. this is not enough if you think this is building him up not really <laughs> compared to what else yeah. happens with the character what did you think of this mm-hmm. fight um, I thought it was okay um, like you I I really, I'm really not a fan of action scenes where I can't tell what's happening. Thank you. Yeah. A general rule. Yeah. Um, it's, it's what separates American action scenes from like your, well, not European. Well, actually, yeah. European and Asian, Asian action yeah. scenes. Yeah. 
Agreed. Um, and so, like, even though, like, there are parts where, you know, you can see reptile, you know, or reptile turning invisible, and you see, like, there's a certain, like, there's certain parts that are long enough where, like, okay, now you see how they're trying to, like, detect him or whatnot. The fights where they actually, where they get into actual combat is where it gets cutty and yep. whatnot. Yes. And that's how, I mean, that's how they do that. They get around it. They show you enough of, like, yeah. you know, them thinking or strategizing, but yep. the actual fight is really... You know, just blah. I, yep. Too dark. Yep. Agreed. You can't see what's happening. Agreed. Um, and then, you know, Kano gets... I, I love that, just the shove in the hand right through the chest. That's really cool. Yep. Um, and even just him saying, you know, Kano wins, I thought was was, was cute. Yes. It's like, oh, yes. yes. That's that's kind of funny. Yep. It was okay. You know. Right. There's, there's worse fights. There's better fights. But it was okay. Agreed. Next one up, Steven, is Blade... Mm-hmm. versus Kano again. So mm-hmm. now we've already started off with you knowing Sonya Blade beat up and captured Kano because she's got him mm-hmm. captured. Right. So now we see her beat him again. It's only 27 seconds. So right. It's very fast. It's very one-sided. And she takes mm-hmm. him right down immediately as if he was a toddler. Again, right. unpowered. Mm-hmm. Unpowered Sonya Blade takes this guy down in 27 yeah. seconds. At this point, you've jobbed him out now twice to an unpowered Sonya right. Blade. And I'm going, well, this guy's the big, he's, I don't know who's the bigger loser now. Is it Cole or this Kano? But neither of these guys can <laughs> fight. They need to just retire yeah. and go work at a bakery or something. What did you think of this for uh, this quick skirmish? It was it was unnecessary. We'd ar- we'd already made the point. So why are we doing this? It felt like a oh crap! It's Mortal Kombat. We haven't had anybody kick somebody yep. for five seconds. We need to we need to have some kicking. Yep. And then and it sets up this really odd, um, like the jobbing out Kano joke. Yes. Because she's not the only one who does that. No. They do it multiple times. Yes. And it's like yes. How am I supposed to take him seriously? You don't. If you just keep, you just keep making him a bitch. That's you know? right. That's not a good villain. <sighs> yeah, so, it's definitely not a good villain. No, it's not Kano either. No. So the next fight is Kung Lao versus mm-hmm. Cole, and this is mm-hmm. as they're trying to, you know, a- yeah. awaken their superpower, their, their arcana by getting him angry. Their right? Arcana. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and so. <laughs> Kung Lao fights Cole, and this is about 46 seconds, Steven, mm-hmm. and it's extremely one-sided mm-hmm. with basically Cole being a punching bag. Again, yeah. we've now jobbed Cole out not once, not twice, mm-hmm. but three times. And jo- Steven, he doesn't get any offense in this. I mean, no. he gets no offense. He no. was literally a punching bag. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get, and this is the, pro- see, here's a byproduct of a stupid idea. Stupid yeah. idea of the stupid, overly complicated idea of we have to have them have a superpower that has to be awakened. <laughs> well, because of that, you right. have to have this fight, mm-hmm. right? If you didn't have this this stupid, dumbed idea where they have to awaken their power, then you don't have to mm-hmm. job Cole out a third time. But now he's yeah. been jobbed out three times, and I'm like, look, there's one thing to make the – in wrestling, yes, you want to make the baby face look vulnerable, right? Yeah. You want him to look vulnerable so when he gets the big win, you're like, oh, my God. That's why in, in a lot yeah. of pro wrestling matches, the baby face gets less offense than the heel. So at mm-hmm. the end of the match, when he wins, you're like, ah, 
shot because he's been getting his butt beat for a lot of the yep. match, right? So I understand the concept here. Mm-hmm. But you can't job the baby face out over and over again because then yeah. you don't take him seriously. So when he wins, you're like, what? Huh? Yep. How did this guy? How did how did this loser win? So it's bad fight psychology. You've now jobbed Cole out three times. He's looked mm-hmm. ineffective and useless three times in a row. It's mm-hmm. bad fight psychology. That's not how you build a character up. Bad, bad, right. bad. What'd you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, same. I mean, and it's it's trying to, and it's trying to get over Kung Lao as well. Like yes. this is a it's it. You get over these characters by having them beat up Cole. That's, right. That's how you do it. It's the easiest the way yep. to do it, I suppose. Yep. Um, it's not. It's it's not very good. Yep. If if it had been like you know when he's on the ground like he knocks Kung Lao over, then it would be less egregious. Yes. Because it's like okay, well it, he's not completely useless. He's not a total punching you know? bag. <laughs> yeah, and it would be and it would be consistent with Kung Lao's character because he's more yeah you know full of himself yes. than Luke. Now he's now he's really skilled, but he has that that blind spot where he can, yes. he can take advantage of it. He does have the ego. They, right. So like you can, um, but they decided not to do that nope. because they didn't want to give Kung Lao any character. No, so. you could have shown he, that his pride gets him in trouble. His, his ego gets right. him in trouble sometimes, mm-hmm. but no, That's we're not right. going to do that. But no one gets character. Work. Right. Right. Yeah. The next one is Liu Kang versus Kano. Again, we're trying to awaken your arcana, right? And so yeah. this one, Steven, goes all of 24 seconds. Mm-hmm. It is also one-sided. Kano yep. is jobbed out again and treated Steven a, a complete punchline. I mean, yeah. he's a complete punchline in this in this mm-hmm. mo- scene. Now you've jobbed Kano out. I- I've lost track how many times you've jobbed him out. <laughs> Once off screen and at least twice on screen. Mm-hmm. I- I- yeah. What'd you and think of how this? Does he get, how does he get jobbed out? He gets tripped again. He gets tripped twice. I think there's even a third one in there. Yeah, there might be a third one. Like a, because it's it's the joke. Like he doesn't he He's that stupid. He just, he's yeah, that he's stupid. Dumb. He's like, that stupid of a fighter. Again, bad fight psychology. You're not building mm-hmm. these characters up for where you want them to be at the yeah. end of the movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Then we get Kano. <laughs> Yeah. Versus Cole. Mm-hmm. Now, this one runs for about 32 seconds. Again, mm-hmm. Kano has gotten his power. Yeah. He's awakened his. Cole mm-hmm. has not, still has not had his awaken. Mm-hmm. So now we have Kano, remember, who's been jobbed out three times in a row. Right. Uh, just absolutely obliterate Cole without using his superpower, Steven. Doesn't right. use his superpower. So the guy who's been jobbed out three times in a row mm-hmm. is able to pummel Cole to pieces not using yep. his superpower. So now this is mm-hmm. the fourth time we've jobbed out Cole. Yep. And jobbed him out to a dude who's been jobbed out three times. Like I, This is just the worst fight psychology for all these characters I have ever seen. This is horrible. What'd you think? Yeah, I agree. It's, um, I figure, because the whole purpose of that scene is, all right, we're going to force you to unleash your, your superpower. Yes. Or whatever it is. Yes. And so Kano has a deadly eye laser that yes. can obliterate anything. Doesn't use but it. But we're not going to use that. Nope. Because. That might work too well. That made too much sense, right? Right. 
Why right. would we do that? Right. Just sh- so, try to yeah. shoot him with the laser. That might work. Yeah. And, <sighs> uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, which just makes it even worse when, you know, you went, well, we'll get there. And by the way, the but. these short little scenes, they're not filmed that great. They don't look dynamic. They don't look interesting at all. These are all very boring looking. All right. Yeah, definitely. Then we get Gorgo versus Cole. All right. This is filmed, is, is, is delivered, mixed in with a big fight scene of the bad guys versus the good guys, right? right. Of Jax versus Rico, Melina versus mm-hmm. Sonya Blade, Liu Kang versus Cabal, Kung mm-hmm. Lao versus Natara, okay? So all these happen at the same time as Gogo versus Cole, and you just go mm-hmm. back and forth between all those fights, right? Right. All these fights run for, it's about a 7 minute 20 second section of the movie. So all these mm-hmm. fights about a little over 7 minutes long for all these fights. Right. The Gorgo versus Cole. After Goro pummels Cole to pieces, finally Cole's stupid little superpower, his arcana, appears. And it's kind of like this gold woven chest armor. And he's kind of, you know, summoning powers of like Scorpion. It's this gold woven chest armor that can absorb energy and redirect the kinetic energy. And it also can create blades that he can Mm -hmm. use as weapons. And once he gets his superpower, he, then we get some vintage mortal combat violence as Mm -hmm. he slices off Goro's arms and disembowels him and then sticks one of the knives through the eyes. Right. So super, Mm -hmm. super gory fatality there. I like the the vintage Mortal Kombat fatality that we got. Mm-hmm. I like how Goro looks. He looks great. Yeah. What I don't like is that Goro is portrayed as just a generic flunky who gets defeated by this loser who's been jobbed <laughs> out like a billion times. I was like, really? Yeah. That's you're gonna do Goro that way? You did him mm-hmm. dirty, given his status within the franchise. Yeah. And I didn't think it was filmed very well. Again, a lot of dark is dark out. It's at nighttime mm-hmm. and yeah. a lot of cut scenes. And so I didn't I didn't like how this one was choreographed as well. What did you think of this uh, Goro versus Cole? Um, I liked it when Goro was beating him up. <laughs> yes. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. I like the way they used the the fact that he has four arms. Yes. Like there was a couple moments where he would like go for the head and then like after like Cole blocked would just go under and get him in like the chest. So yep. and I thought it was kind of cool. Yep. Um but well I just want to say this Cole's arcana is dumb. Yes. Um <laughs> and this is in a franchise with a literal walking pile of meat. Yes. Yes. But his powers are cooler than Cole's powers. Agreed. He has a suit that looks like a low rent, like Black Panther outfit. It where, does. Like you don't have a, you don't have the mask or anything like that. No. But it has that energy absorbing power, yes. and you shoot it out. And yes, he can generate like Power Rangers weapons and yes. crap. And it's like this is so unimaginative. It it's is not creative. It is now. It definitely reflects the writing so far. Absolutely does. You know, just agreed. 
Yeah, let's just throw something in there. Yes. Okay, whatever. We're not going to put any kind of creativity or effort into oh, it. no. Like, I've lost to Goro many times playing <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Yes. I've rage quit a couple times yes. because he was, it was just too much. To have him be, to be, I mean, he was jobbed out, oh, basically. Totally jobbed out. To a job. <laughs> yeah, to the, to the joke of the movie. Yes. All because he got some gold half suit on Ugh. and got some sticks and that that and that's all oh and by the way right. there was no struggle yeah. in dispatching goro once he got his superpowers like it was right. game over he got his superpowers and it was like bah, 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 you're done yeah it's like like goro was like oh my god my my weakness uh uh gold suits gold suits <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's got six what am i gonna do i've right. only got four giant arms right. i could still pick him up and rip him in half yeah. it's, if it, i wanted to he loses so quickly once yeah. Cole gets the superpowers his lame superpowers yeah the fight in the 95 version was better totally agree That's i'm really with you i'm glad say. you're with i'm glad you agreed with me that, that goro was done dirty he deserved mm-hmm. much better than this Yes. Really? He was cannon yeah, fodder. Apparently. I can't believe I'm saying this. Goro was Goro cannon fodder. Yeah. All right. Well, next fight is we'll do Jax versus Rico. Rico basically mm-hmm. just dispatches yeah. of Jax summarily. It's not much. It, it, I, again, yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't think it was particularly well filmed. Nope. Or had good choreography. Nope. Okay. The Melina versus Sonya Blade. One-sided, mm-hmm. very one-sided. Melina, rather than killing Sonya Blade, because she could have, just leaves because she, you know, licks Sonya and goes, oh, you're not a special, you know, one of the special Mortal Kombat. You don't have a special power of the Arcana, so you're not worthy mm-hmm. of my time, and she just disappears from the scene. Yeah. Again, it, it's, I don't like how it was really choreographed. I didn't think, again, a lot of these scenes are just yeah. quick cuts, not it wasn't even really a fight. It's like she knocks her down and jumps on her, and that's right. it. Though I did, I did like that. Like you're not worth my time. Like calling her trash. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was like, like, damn. Okay. Right, right, right. <laughs> then we had Liu Kang versus Cabal. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cabal's powers look great. Yeah, they're very cool. Mm-hmm. I like how he uses his powers in the fight, but the the fight was. Again, very one-sided, I thought. Yeah. Right? Just Cabal beating up yeah. Liu Kang. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's the laziest type of action movie writing where it's like, oh, we got all the bad guys, so yeah. we have to have them beat up on the good guys a lot. Yep. It's just super lame. And, um, and they're fight- raided nowhere to, be, nowhere to be found. No, nowhere to be found. And I, and I didn't <laughs> think the Liu Kang-Cabal fight was filmed particularly interesting. No. At all. Partially, partially because of the way they use his powers. Like, the camera would, like, whip, whip back and forth, like, yep. so fast. And yep. it'd be like, well, I see he's there, and Liu Kang is on the ground. Right. But so, I, didn't, I don't know what happened. Yeah, he must have hit him. Right. He didn't cut him with his hook swords. Right. Weird, so, but... I would say, okay. <laughs> before we get to the final fight, which is Kung Lao versus Natara, all these fights between mm-hmm. the bad guys and the good guys I, I, filmed like a traditional American movie, right? Not mm-hmm. at all like the not at all like the opening scene from between Scorpion and, and Sub Zero. Yeah, no choreography, no real camera work, yep. no real like you know direction of any kind. Just yep. you know, well, just it's it's a fight scene done in post. Yeah, yeah. You know, like we'll cut it, we'll make it look whatever. 
Yeah. You don't have to know how to fight. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Then the last fight for this scene is Kung Lao versus Natara. This is easily the yeah. best fight mm-hmm. of the whole movie outside of the opening fight between Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Why? Because <laughs> Kung Lao is my personal favorite character of the franchise, and he takes out Natara. Like, because we've been told Natara is like this big, unstoppable badass, right? Mm-hmm. And she's amazing. And she swoops up high and then swoops down. And Kung Lao gets his hat off. It gets stuck in the mm-hmm. ground. He jumps around, jumps on top of her, rides her like a surfboard into the ground. The yep. hat starts spinning. <laughs> and he just yep. saws her in half, stands up. And what does he say, Stephen? Flawless victory. Oh, best line of the movie. Best line of the movie. Perfect homage to that point in the video game where you do, in fact, get the flawless victory. victory. That was awesome. I love that scene. It was so cool. It was so true to Mortal Kombat. This scene, I thought this fight was the truest to the Mortal Kombat franchise. It had the right amount of violence, the right amount of gore, it had the right tagline after the fight of flawless victory. It had good personality from Kung Lao because he is this big ego mm-hmm. and very good yeah. to boot. <laughs> and it just made me realize why was Kung Lao not the main protagonist along with Liu Kang? Yeah. We, I could have watched a whole movie of Kung Lao kicking mm-hmm. ass like yep. you have kung lao and Liu kang mm-hmm. right right there they're right there to be used and you just smack them away like this quick fight scene steven showed me th- th- this is what the movie needed more of mm-hmm. and it may be sad that we didn't get more of that like this this is why i was here this is what i was yeah. expecting what did you think of that scene um i thought it was i thought it was dope um <laughs> i i I, I don't like Natara from the game, so I was happy that she was just dispatched, like, yep. like nothing. Yep. I mean, he literally just, he listens to her, like, he's listening to see where she's coming from, yep. and then just surfboard, slice in half, boom, over, yeah. done. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. All right. Agreed. Mm-hmm. All right. Next one is Shang Tsu soul-sucking Kung Lao. Yeah. I was like, what? I mean, you barely used them anyway, but I was just like, really? Yep. Really? Do you guys know the video game at all? Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure you know who these characters are, but whatever. Yeah. What'd you think of he that? You literally just showed him, like, listening, focusing, paying attention. Oh, pitch comes, and then all of a sudden, he just gets blindsided by Jang Song. Like, what's... If he had been like gloating, like overly gloating, and like right. he got hit by one of them like green skulls that Chang Sung shoots in the game, right, that would have right. been one thing. Right. But it didn't because they decided they weren't going to go with the character moment. They were going right. to go with, um, well, we need to sh- get over Shang Sung. So yep. just have him kill the only one who beat their, their bad guy. Right. And I'm kind of like, who cares about <laughs> Shang Sung's powers? Because they don't, they don't matter. He doesn't fight. He's right. like Raiden. Yeah. He's like Raiden. It's like mm-hmm. you don't need to build him up. 
You already know yeah. he's powerful like Raiden's powerful just because they're portrayed as gods. Right. I don't, exactly. They don't need to be involved in the fighting. Yeah. So I anyhow, agree. that drove me crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I, I, I do notice that Raiden, when, when after that scene, Raiden turns tail like a scalded dog and a coward didn't like mm-hmm. that either and takes all the heroes and they go to like a little shadowy plane where they can all hang yeah. out and talk, right? Some otherworldly plane. But you know when they teleport to that scene, you see, uh, you see, you see Kung Lao's hat coming out of ground mm-hmm. and flying along with them. Yep. Which I'm thinking, okay, the hat's sentient. Maybe he's coming back. Maybe yeah. Raiden will have him come back. Yeah, I have I have a theory about that, but we'll we'll save that for the sequel talk. There you I go. I guess. <laughs> there you go. All right. The next big fight we get is good guys versus bad guys part two. Yes. And this one runs for about six minutes. Eh, maybe about mm-hmm. five and a half minutes, maybe. Yeah. And again, these fights, just like the first good guy versus bad guy fights, mm-hmm. are extremely short and extremely yeah. one-sided. Except, yeah. oh, Stephen, they did the creative thing. The first Uh-oh. ones were one-sided for the villains. These are now one-sided for the heroes. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I, that's not good fight psychology. Yeah, you know, you, you make the first ones. I'm fine with the villains winning, but give me actual fight psychology. Don't just have our heroes look like jobbers, and mm-hmm. then when they lock horns the next time, now our our heroes get one sided victories. It doesn't make sense. Like, how did they suddenly yeah. it make them both competitive fights that are interesting yeah. and tell a story that rope that pull you in deeply and have the first fights being won by the villains and the second fights being won by the heroes. I, I like mm-hmm. that. I, I like that setup, but the fights themselves don't tell a story because they're just one sided yeah. shallow fights. The, the fights aren't telling a story between the two characters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, and let's also not forget, and this is probably the biggest problem with that is this, these two scenes take place like maybe 10 minutes apart. You are absolutely correct. Like, Stephen. They lucky. take, yeah. I can tell you because I, I have the minute, the, the, hey, there you go. <laughs> the, the first the good ball. guy versus bad guy scene takes place, uh, ends around the one, one hour, 16 minute mark. The second one takes place at the one minute, 21 minute mark. So you're talking what, uh, you're talking, one hour, 16 minute mark, one hour, 21 minute mark. So you're talking That's five minutes five later. Minutes. Yeah. <laughs> That's too, it's, it's too, it's not enough time. Yeah. It's not enough time. I mean, you need a long time to show your heroes training up and doing this and doing that and show me what the heroes are mm. doing to get better. Are they learning yeah. teamwork? Are they learning strategy? Mm. Are they honing their physical abilities? Are they leveling yeah. up? Like, show me what they're doing that mm-hmm. suddenly they go from being jobbed out with no effort to winning with no effort. Right. But with only a five minutes, five minutes span in between the two fight scenes, I'm like, wait, we were just just here why is it so totally different i mean we just had mm-hmm. these fights five minutes ago why is it totally different bad fight psychology yeah. mm-hmm. bad just once again bad script structure like that is a basic action movie template yep the bad the bad guy in a fight almost always beats the good guy at first yes and then at the end of the movie they right. come back yes and they win right but they've usually gone on a journey between the first fight. Mm-hmm. The hero goes on a journey between the first fight and the final fight. They go on some kind of journey yep. during that movie where they become better. Yep. Definitely. Some way, form, or shape. 
So well, I guess say, five minutes was all they needed. It's all they needed, Steve. Arcana. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's right. That was this movie's Arcana. It, yes. it shortened. Yes. It would be another act that's into right. six minutes. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So in the second matchup, Jack so it versus Rico, it's one sided. Jax takes Rico down mm-hmm. in two seconds and explodes Rico's yeah, head, his head with his yeah. metal arms. Again, good, good fatality, Mortal Kombat fatality. Mm-hmm. But the fight itself was just boring. Yeah, it's nothing. No, um, the Sonya Blade versus Kano fight. Again, I don't care. Because yeah. she's already beaten him three times. So why did I think this would be any different? Oh, that's right. That's yeah. bad fight psychology. That's why you don't mm-hmm. job him out to Sonya Blade three times before their big quote-unquote climactic fight. Because it's not climatic. Right. I'm like, well, this loser can't, couldn't beat her before. So this will be fast. And he <laughs> barely uses his power. Yeah. And gets defeated really silly. It, it's just a bad, mm-hmm. it's bad fight psychology. What'd you think of this one? Yeah. Um, that reminded me, because you remember how in Godzilla versus Kong, like when they fought the second time, like Kong was like doing everything he could to keep Godzilla from using yes. his atomic breath. Yes. Yes. If they had had like a smart oh, fight yes. choreographer, that's what would have happened here. She would have had yes. to, he would have been like, all right, I'm going to laser you because I have the superpower right. and I'm going to use it. Over and, and over she again. She would have had to have really struggled to keep him, yes. like his eyes focused away or yes. something. But they don't do that. No. No, not at all. Because we're running out of time and we have right. to you know, wrap this up. Got to move fast. on, guys. You know, mm-hmm. it's Sorry. T- it's terrible. No, you should, you're mm-hmm. right. That's the, per- that's the perfect analogy too, Stephen. Godzilla's mm-hmm. atomic breath. And how got, it, King Kong did everything he could to, to avoid it in that second final fight. That's that's mm-hmm. you, you nailed it. That's how they should have used his laser eye. Anyhow, yep. the next one is Liu Kang versus Cabal. Again, mm-hmm. it's it's one sided. I love yeah. the fire dragon burning mm-hmm. Cabal to death. It's a great Mortal Kombat fatality. That is very yeah. cool. But the fight itself again was boring fight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Cole versus. Melina, again, you, you finally give Cole superpowers, right? Yeah. And he can't beat Melina. Sonya yeah. Blade has to come up from behind mm-hmm. and laser blast Melina through the torso from behind. So Melina doesn't mm-hmm. even know she's there. Yep. So it's a coward's win. So Sonya mm-hmm. Blade doesn't look like a big hero because heroes, yeah. you know, that's not usually how heroes win fights, right? That's how villains win fights, by shooting people in the back yeah. when they don't know you're there. That's a typical mm-hmm. villain kind of move. So Sonya Blade uses a coward, cowardly attack to, to quote-unquote win. And Cole, right. again, Cole finally gets his powers. He still can't beat Melina. Like, yeah. this character is a joke. This is, Again, <laughs> if you want me to take Cole seriously in this upcoming final fight, I can't yeah. because... She, even with getting powers, he still can't win and is getting jobbed out. Bad yeah. fight psychology. I didn't like yeah. this at all. What'd you think? Um, yeah, I agree. And it kind of ruins the moment because Sonya, that, that was a perfect setup for, you know, she, you know, she called Sonya garbage basically and walked yes. off and didn't finish her. Right. And that would have been a great moment, you know, like if she had like just like blasted her off, they didn't kill her, but like, all right, come on. Right. Let's see who's worthy Look, now or here's, whatever. Here's the, and she won that way. Here's the solution, Stephen. <laughs> it's real easy. Yeah. You job yeah. Kano out inexplicably to Sonya Blade three times before. Right. Pair 
Kano up with Cole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have Cole get a clean win over Kano. Mm-hmm. Now Cole's gotten two wins. You've now rehabilitated mm-hmm. him. He's gotten two wins since getting his superpowers. You've now rehabilitated him, so he's ready for the final fight. Right? Right. And you pair Sonya Blade up with Melina. Mm-hmm. Since Melina dissed Sonya Blade, now Sonya Blade can get her win back and get her respect back because she has powers and she can fit. You pick, yep. you did, you paired up the wrong characters. And Steven, this isn't hard to figure out who to pair up with who. Yeah. This isn't that hard. It took me two seconds to figure that out. It's basic. That's basic fight psychology and story writing mm-hmm. there. I mean, it is right. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 I mean, to us, you know, I don't know who's writing the stuff that they can't figure this out. It's, I, know. I mean, cause you, cause with Cole, you would be able to have Kano use his powers. That's right. He would hit him and it wouldn't affect him. Bingo. And that would have been like a, Oh, cool. Like this right. is a neat special effects scene. Yes. Um, and I mean, no, dis- no disrespect to Melina, but he's not fighting like Shao Kahn. Thank or- you. Shinnok or whoever, it's, like it's, it's not she's the, a lady with a sigh and right. teeth. You right, know? it's it's and it, that's yeah. He's the main character. He he should yeah. be fighting a bigger villain. He killed Goro. Thank you. And he can't defeat Melina. Yeah, come on. I know. So and 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 what did you think of the filming of all these good guy versus bad guy part two fights? What what did you think of the filming of them? Um, the like, only. The only part of them that I liked were the were Jax's fatality, yep. uh, which is straight from the game because yep. I've used that one before. Yep. Yep. So, and then Luke Kang. So that's because like they're like, oh, we're gonna show you a wide shot, yes, and see the dragon come out, and that was really cool. That might have been the only wide shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least since the beginning. Yeah, yes, definitely. Seriously, and again, this, um, these these fights were all filmed mm-hmm. typical American style. Mm-hmm. Don't, not at all don't how get the, that. yeah not at all how the but, first fight was filmed yeah it's unfortunate uh, it's disappointing yep yeah then we get Cole versus Sub-Zero this lasts for one minute 15 seconds it is very one-sided with Sub-Zero just smacking Cole around mm-hmm. what did you think of this um well I certainly laughed <laughs> I was enjoying it <laughs> I was like yes kill him get rid of him <laughs> This just this sets is... up the stage for Scorpion to make his dra- dramatic appearance, which he does. Mm-hmm. Saves yes. Cole from being killed by Sub-Zero because mm-hmm. he's about to die. Yep. And Scorpion enters the fight and begins to dominate the fight. Mm-hmm. And then everybody kind of retreats to their corners and we get Scorpion and Cole versus Sub-Zero. And that mm-hmm. runs, that's about a two-minute fight-ish Yeah, where... Scorpion and Cole team up to take down Sub-Zero and Cole leaves with his family. He, you know, he gets him out of the ice that Sub-Zero had him trapped in, leaves, and Scorpion then gets to deliver the fatality to Mm -hmm. Sub-Zero with his flame breath. Yep. What did you think of this final fight? And let's just take it from the beginning of the final fight at, where Cole versus Sub-Zero, first fight before Scorpion shows mm-hmm. up and then Cole and Scorpion team up. Take it from the beginning. What would you think of that entire fight scene involving Scorpion and Cole versus Sub-Zero? Um, the first part with Cole, I was um, 
I was glad to see that he wasn't going to job out Sub-Zero. Yes. That even though he had all this power and stuff, so like, well, I can still freeze you and kill you. Right. And that's what he does. Yes. He almost does it. Um, and he has the moment. Now, this is just poor script writing all around. They've seen Scorpion and Flashes, right. like him yep. in the Nether Realm. Yep. And, you know, he gets this blade, uh, or Cole got this blade because he is the descendant of Scorpion, yep. apparently. Yep. Um, okay. okay. And, um, you know, he, he grabs it when Sub-Zero tries to stab him and it gets his blood on it Yep. and it starts lighting up and Sub-Zero makes a comment that, Oh, it's the blade of Hanzo, which is Scorpion's uh, real name. And then before anything can happen, he gets the spike through the arm and then you hear Scorpion's there and get over here. And, and now for me, the part of the fight where Sub-Zero and Scorpion fight is the second coolest thing in the whole movie. Yes. It is such a, it's such a cool fight. Um, the camera work is better. Yes. So, somewhat. Yep. Um, I mean, they're in this kind of like, kind of claustrophobic environment. It's so like a UFC it's, cage. Right. So you can only back out so far, but you right. still see what they're doing. Yeah. You see the choreography in their fight. Mm -hmm. They both get same thing. Good hits on each other. That yeah. part where Sub-Zero like slashes him and then freezes his blood and then yeah. stabs him with the, yeah. the spike was really cool. Um, but I also, you know, Scorpion got some good moves in now, the part with um, him and Scorpion and Cole teaming up against Sub-Zero I wanted I wanted it to just keep being Scorpion. I agree. Um, I think it's kind of cheap, you know, because you build up Scorpion, yes. but then it's like, oh well, he can't beat him on his own. Yep, yep, yep. It's like, well, then yep. why did he even have him here? Why not just have right. Cole defeat Sub Zero? Agreed. But whatever. Um, and I love that fate. That fatality is straight from the original yes. game because that is what happens in the yes. original. He roasts uh, Sub Zero. Yep. And I was like, yep. like, what? Like, yep. Oh my yep. God. That's yep. so cool. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was, that was really, really cool. And it was a great way to finish it because it's the, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the, the slasher villain looking up at the, the one who's killing him is he see like, it's like, Oh shit. Like yep. this is it. Yep. And then. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I like so I like cool. that ending. I'm glad Scorpion got to deliver the killing blow. A fatality. I think I agree with you. I think they should have either had Cole fight on his yeah. own and beat mm -hmm. Sub Zero. I wouldn't have liked that, but sure, it would have been a better idea. Mm -hmm. Or simply have Scorpion fight on his own and provide mm -hmm. the perfect symmetry with the beginning of yep. the movie. We have now come mm -hmm. full circle. Scorpion mm -hmm. has finally come back, avenged the honor and the loss of his family against Sub-Zero, and mm -hmm. we have now come full circle. It is the perfect ending and conclusion to the story. Yep. So, so you, you do one or the other, but by having yeah. Cole and Sub-Zero, Cole and Scorpion together, mm -hmm. it doesn't work thematically with either character arc. Yeah, It just doesn't. Very unsatisfying. Yeah. That's un that's unfortunate. Yeah, and it's not and it's not even satisfying. Like if you were just doing a pure fan service fight, because what do fans of Mortal Kombat want to see? They want to see Scorpion yes. fight Sub Zero. That's right. And you get that for 
a minute, maybe, maybe like maybe 45 seconds. Yep. And it's cool and yep. it's everything you want. And yep. then it's like, Oh, well, we got to throw a coal back in there. Yep. It's like, why? No, you don't. We don't care about the character. You've, uh, you've yeah. never, they don't do anything to make you care about that character in the movie at yeah. all. So mm-hmm. his, in, his inserting himself back in the fight to the viewer is unwelcome mm-hmm. presence. His intrusion into that. Yes. <laughs> it goes over the, it, like I like to say, it goes over with the viewer like a fart in an elevator. It's yeah. just not welcome. We end the movie that way, Stephen. Yeah. The movie then teases a possible sequel, which of course is all based on how well it performs in the movie in in, in the theater, right? Mm-hmm. Or I guess the metrics it drives into HBO Max, maybe. Whichever metric they're using, a combination of both, probably. They yeah. hint at a sequel in that Raiden has his says it's time to go find more champions. Oh. I don't know who else you're going to get from the franchise because you're getting rid of all the good ones. And (laughs) they show Cole leaving to go recruit a particular hero. We don't know who exactly, but we see on the wall of the gym as Cole leaves is a poster for a movie starring Johnny Cage. Mm -hmm. Ta-dum! Yeah, and honestly, Stephen, I'm surprised that Johnny Cage wasn't in this movie being an original Mortal Kombat character. That blew me away completely. Maybe, here's an idea, Stephen. You don't have Cole in the movie, (laughs) and you instead have Johnny Cage in the movie. I know, that's crazy talk. Wow, listen to me. Anyhow, what do you think? Think we're going to get a sequel? And if so, are you excited? Um... I think Warner Brothers, um, I think they're finally starting to see the potential of the Mortal Kombat brand. Um, they had an animated movie before this came out, yep. the um, Scorpion's Revenge, yep. which is which is great. Yep. I, I definitely prefer that over Agreed. this. Agreed. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, while they were leading out to Mortal Kombat X, they had a comic book series that ran kind of bridging the gap between... Um, yeah. Mortal Kombat 9 and Mortal Kombat X. I wouldn't be surprised if we have another another one, yeah. another series, something like that. Yeah. Um, I think the best course of action would be to make a TV series. That would be great. I agree. An HBO Max streaming series? Yeah. I would love I think that. that would be really good. But hit the reboot button and forget this Ooh. movie. Yeah. <laughs> Focus on another set of... Uh, like focus on like Johnny Cage or yeah, something. Yeah, right, Characters right. that haven't shown right. up yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think, I think given pandemic now, because they've released some like streaming numbers, um, and they said that it's it's done better than just about almost anything that's released this okay. year. Okay. Um, so I think the interest is there. Mm-hmm. Um, the audience score seems to be fairly yep. okay yep. on Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. So I think. It's one of those things where, like, the I think the people who watched it, the stuff that they like in it, I think they'd like, you know, they would like to see a sequel to see yes. if they just improve on that and yes. get rid of everything else. It's, I think they wanted, they would give it a chance. Yeah, agreed. Um, so, I don't know. I am nervous because, you know, at the end of the movie, Shang Tsung disappears all the bodies. Yes. And it's like... It's like he's going to take them back yes. and like resurrect them. I think which, so. Which worries me because it's like, okay, well, 
So that means we're either going to get Quan Chi or yep. Shinnok. Yep. I don't think we're getting Shinnok because he's like the guy after Shao Kahn that they right. fight in the games. Right. So I'm like, I don't want to get into the whole undead revenant thing right. just yet. It's right. that that could be a little a little much. Yep. Especially if they start flooding the mo- the next movie with other characters. Yeah. Sure. I agree. So I agree. I don't. I agree. I don't know. Yeah, I'm curious to see where they go to. Right now on Rotten Tomatoes, Stephen, currently based on mm-hmm. 228 reviews, yeah. uh, Mortal Kombat sitting at 54% rotten rating. That's not yeah. good, and it's well-deserved, to be honest with you. The yeah. On the other hand, based on over 2,500 verified ratings from the audience, uh, the mm-hmm. audience score is at 87%. So the audience mm-hmm. likes it. You pair that with yeah. a decent showing in the box office and combine yeah. that with some nice streaming numbers from HBO Max, and yes, you may very well be getting a sequel. Yeah, they'll be continuing in some way, Yep, at least. Yep, agreed. All right, well, we've covered it all. Give me mm-hmm. your final, your, out of five <laughs> stars, your movie rating, out of five stars, what, what, what are you going to give Mortal Kombat? Well, and I I told you this, everything about this movie that is required to make a regular good movie is awful. Yes. Script is awful. The performances for the most part are awful. Yep. Um, The fight choreography is not good. You know, I could go through all of that again. Yep. The only thing that saves it from being like completely unwatchable, um, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, and some of the action scenes. Yes. Um, that some those action scenes, they give me, they give me a little bit of thought that maybe they could pull it off mm-hmm. if they just, they took from the, like, like in most video games, the first game is usually like a rough kind of draft almost of yeah. what they want. They throw their ideas. The sequel is where it gets really good. Yes. Agreed. Like it finds everything. Mm-hmm. I would, I hope that this is what happens here because otherwise this is just a very poor first draft of, of something that could have been at least a lot of fun. It doesn't have to be great. It doesn't have to be the game and that level of quality. I just wanted something really fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I already had low X, like, a low bar to set for what you had to pass to get me to enjoy your product. (laughs) Right. Right. Then that is not good. Totally (laughs) agree. Sitting here going, well, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. (laughs) If I had to to rate it, I would give it, I'm going to be very, I'm going to be generous and I'm going to give it a two out of five. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, Stephen, I th- I'm pretty much right there with you for mm-hmm. basically the exact same reasons. Yeah. That you've just outlined: bad script, bad dialogue, poor mm-hmm. acting, outside of two actors. Yeah. And not good fight scenes. Honestly, mm-hmm. bad fight chore. Uh, the choreography was not good at all, except yeah. for the opening scene. And. Yep. The fight psychology was largely bad outside of the opening scene. Mm-hmm. I it, it there's no 
There's nothing to this to this movie. It's really yeah. unfortunate. I didn't have high hopes, but I was very sure. excited for this movie. Mm-hmm. I lowered my expectations given the size of the budget. I did lower mm-hmm. my expectations some. But it, it, it fell short of even my lowered expectations. And like you, I was given just enough with some cool action moments. And then there were several that were legitimately yeah. cool. And some neat effects, very judiciously used. Mm-hmm. It's enough for me to give it two, two out of five stars, I think, is fair. And I would hope that if there is going to be a sequel, we use a completely different screenwriting team you got to change your writers Mm -hmm. you got to change your writers and i would also change the director as well i would like them to get a director who Mm -hmm. understands the hong kong style yeah of of fighting Mm -hmm. and how to film and lay out choreograph fight scenes i would Mm -hmm. like for them to hire a director who understands that style yeah. Knows that style well. And if not the director, then whoever you're going to put in charge of the of the B team to handle the fight scenes better be mm-hmm. trained in that style or understand yeah. it very, very well and employ it. But I would I would possibly say you need to make a change at the director spot and one hundred percent at this at and yeah. with the screenwriters. You, you can't you mm-hmm. can't use these guys. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely it's unfortunate. Not. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. But, you know, hey, fingers crossed that Warner Brothers sees enough success here. I think the fan mm-hmm. reaction is going to be is, is, is obviously positive based on Rotten Tomatoes. And if it does yeah. well enough financially for them, I hope I really do hope it does. Even though I'm not crazy about the movie, I really hope it does well enough because I want more Mortal Kombat. I want more better Mortal Kombat, but I want more. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Stephen. Good enough. That wraps up this review of Mortal Kombat. We will be back. Our next episode, of course, we're going to dive into Falcon and Winter Soldier. So that'll be fun talk as well. Lots of fun stuff to talk about recently, Stephen. A lot of good stuff to discuss. All right, my friend. At any rate, as always, please download and listen to the Comic Revolution podcast. And please rate and review us. As always, go to ComicRevolution.com for the latest in our reviews and features. And follow us on Twitter at CBR Revolution. All right, Stephen. It's been a blast. I look forward to next time. Until then, viva la revolucion.